number nine, number nine, number nine. What is that like? Uh, yeah, the Beatles' Revolution Nine from the White Album. Yeah, I was thinking about the Beatles because uh, you know that in that in their movie, their first movie, A Hard Day's Night. It's like uh, there's that scene where George Harrison is is in with like the producer guy, and and there's like this misunderstanding, and he's like, "That's Susan, the star of our show," and George Harrison's like. Who's this Susan when she's at home? You know, I was sort of puzzled by that phrase because it's a turn of phrase, I guess, from Britain that we don't really have here. Um, I guess when you want to find out who is this person, I never heard of them. Who is this person when they're at home? You know, I remember researching that uh, phenomenon because I was watching Doctor Who, the, what they call now Special Four on Disney Plus, uh, with the new Doctor Shooty Gawa, the 15th Doctor. And uh, one of the characters uses that line. It's like who now? Because they they this old, this older woman sees the doctor. Oh, now who's he then when he's at home? <laughs> it's the first the first time I've heard that phrase since uh, since the Beatles movie. You know, I, I I love Hard Day's Night. Who's this Susan when she's at home? She's like she's an idol. She's a drag. You turn the sound off on her and make and say rude things. Get him out of here. Get him out. <laughs> love that movie. But I've seen a lot of movies, uh, talking about movies, I've seen a lot of movies this past week, uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I guess the rung tape is kind of like, a sort of like Revolution 9. This rung tape, the hell, I haven't even heard the whole thing yet, I just heard like the first like 12 minutes of it, my god, wow. That's some kind of tape. Anyway, it's Wednesday here, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is the holiday week, what is today? Wednesday, December 27th. 2023. This has been some week, I'm telling you. This is the uh, holidays. Um, so yeah, I have this week off. And uh, we had a number of celebrations the past couple days and now tomorrow. I'm going to go see Fish at Madison Square Garden. And then the day out, and, that, and then on Friday I'm going to go see Fish. I don't have tickets yet, but I think I may go Saturday and Sunday as well. We have to see Fish. This is, this is the band P-H-I-S-H. My favorite band. But yeah, we uh, yeah we um, hosted Christmas Eve at my house here, me and my wife Denise, because her family growing up, there's, there's these various Christmas traditions, right? Like when I was growing up, we basically didn't do that much on Christmas Eve. It was all about Christmas morning, right? And then we would usually go to my grandparents' house in New Brunswick, New Jersey, to uh, you know for for Christmas Day, right? So we would wake up in the morning. Open the Christmas, uh, the Christmas, the presents from Santa, get all the good stuff, and then we'd get ready, drive down to New Brunswick, about a half hour drive from where I grew up in Bridgewater, and um, you know it would be my my cousins, you know Bobby and Paul, my aunt Jackie, Uncle Bruce, cousin Mary, my grandmother and grandfather, and then my whole family, me, my brother and sister, my my, my parents. Then we would get more presents there, and then we would go home. And then, I think it's like to, to go start playing with the presents that we got. You don't know how how much, uh, you know, uh, like how important Christmas was back then. Because, like, this was back in the 70s and 80s. And, uh, you know, as kids, we didn't have any money. And the things we wanted, like the video games, the toys, uh, especially like the Atari 2600 and the ColecoVision and stuff. I mean, these things were expensive. I mean, and I, I, I have to do the math, but in today's dollars, I have to think like a, I think I did do figure it out. Like if you were to buy the Atari in, and you'd get it with just the combat cartridge, which was all, two players only, 
I think in today's dollars, it's like $800, $900. Then each cartridge would be about $100, $120 in today's money. So you had to wait for a birthday or Christmas to get any of this stuff. Um, and you would just sit and fantasize about it otherwise. Like, I'm going to get this game. Oh, my God, I'm going to get this game. You know, I'm going to get Demon Attack from a Magic. Oh, my God. And, you know, I asked for it. I asked Santa Claus for it. And, oh, my God, it's only a few weeks till I can get this game and play it. There's something about this having to wait and just thinking about it that is so compelling, right? So, I mean, like, um, <clears throat> this kind of reminds me of in that same time period of making my, my movies on my, my, my home movie camera, animated movies, stop motion, uh, and, and other forms of pixelation, different things that we did. And you'd work so hard, and then you had to take the, the cartridge, which is the only copy of it in the world, to the photo store to get, have it sent out to be developed, which would take like a week. And then if, I remember going to the store, Cami Photos, what it was called, <coughs> and uh, like almost shaking, being so excited, riding my bike home, going into the basement, loading it into my projector and seeing it for the first time. That's like something that no kid can experience today because it's all it's sort of more instant gratification. It's so weird to think about it, like uh, that aspect of it being just in your mind and not being manifest and you're living with it. There's something about that that's so so much defined the era and it was ultimately very pleasurable because when you finally did get to see it after thinking about it for so much, it was just that much more uh, meaningful, right? So yeah, we would do Christmas on Christmas Day. And the next day was never like we don't have Boxing Day or anything, you know. We we the next day was hopefully you could keep playing with the stuff uh, you know that you that you uh, that you got, and then hang out with the kids in the neighborhood, show them what you got, and everything. It's pretty wild. Uh, but you know, my wife's family uh, and more Christmas Eve was the bigger the bigger uh, celebration. There still was Christmas morning, but Christmas Eve is like a big get together, which we never had growing up, but my wife's family did. So we've continued that tradition, and uh, since we have a house now, you know, we got our house here, uh, up here in Nutley, New Jersey, in, uh, yeah, like around the like around Thanksgiving time, 2019, which, if you think historically, was a few months before the COVID pandemic hit, um, with the thought of, of being able to host events here for family and stuff, and, uh, you know, then COVID hits, and then for a few years, no one's going over anywhere, because of, of all the the, the, the COVID-19 virus, you know? But eventually, we did start hosting, and no, I really like, I really like having people over to my house, and I think, I think we have, a, like, our first floor is, like, really well laid out for, for gatherings and stuff, but it's a lot of work, you know, it's, and it's a lot of dishes, too. Um, so, yeah, we, so Saturday was the 23rd. And, uh, yeah, we had to get the house ready. It's just so, you know, <laughs> I know anyone that lives anywhere, it just it sort of seems like everything gets disheveled almost without you even doing anything. It's just sort of like there's junk everywhere. There's dust everywhere. Like even after a few days, like what the hell happened? Wasn't this house just clean? It's a strange phenomenon. I, you know, and I sort of think of it as a, you know, manifestations of balances of energies that are sort of unseen. But that's just a theory. Uh, there's got to be it's just sort of mind-boggling, just just sort of like uh, with just with the dishes. You know, I have a dishwasher, but I sort of seem like the the sink is full of dishes. Like, where did this come from? It was just me and my wife. 
Like, how did all of these forks and spoons get in? Like, what? But if I think about it, yeah, yeah, we we had this meal and this meal. Like, it just sort of seems counterintuitive. It just sort of seems like there's this rising chaos all around and you have to continue to tamp it down. Sort of like whack-a-mole. Very strange. This level of existence and the, and, and the dis- disorganization. Dirty, the, things get dirty, disorganized, junk piled up everywhere. Yeah. But it's just what, what we have to deal with on this human sphere of activity. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so just... Uh, Getting prepared, getting the food, right? Um, we we go up to this place, a uh, uh, freaking vegan up in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Now Ridgewood is not close, uh, but they do catering, so we can get vegan food. And then my in-laws also brought some non-vegan food as well, um, <coughs> which, you know, all things considered, I prefer everything in my house to be vegan. But I try not to be that extreme. If they want to bring some meat stuff into the house. And then take take the leftovers away when they're. You know, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll tolerate that because obviously, you know, I have cats, so their cat food is not vegan. And it's if you really think about the ingredients, a lot more disgusting than what humans eat. But anyway, it's all right. I try not to uh, be that extreme. And then you know, just like the huge amount of dishes, which isn't really as bad as it seems, right? Because um, after after Christmas Eve, huge amount of dishes, but it was only like like two and a half, uh, you know, loads of the dishwasher. And uh, <clears throat> once you get going, it's not that bad. But yeah, it was really nice. Everyone came over. We did presents. We do do this tradition. I think that started with my wife uh, Denise's grandmother called um, the um, called the grab bag. This is something that we never had this growing up. But there's a there's a bag full of random pre- random little presents that are wrapped, and you choose one at random. And I guess her grandmother started it just to get rid of random junk around the house. Sort of on the same theme of how this junk, how this stuff seems to continue to grow all around you. Um, <clears throat> and then it, then it got to the point of, you know, buying little little things to put in there. Nothing that expensive, you know. Um, even though even though this year there were some like top prizes in there, like I think there was like a fifty dollar bill and a hundred dollar bill. That that was a new development in the uh, <laughs> in the grab bag. Like you could actually win like real prizes in there. <clears throat> yeah, so my brother and his wife came over. My wife's uncle, who's now in, living in Delaware, came over, and all of the in-laws and everything came over. So it was very nice. Then uh, Christmas morning, uh, we went over to my to their house, my in-laws' house. This, this is my, and then and, and then my sister-in-law Carrie, who you've heard quite a bit of here on the channel over the years, uh, she was in from Texas. Her her husband Joe did not come because he had a medical procedure recently and was not able to fly. Um, but this is my wife's brother's family, and they're in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. So we went there the next day and spent the day there. It was very nice. We actually played poker there. Um, they got a they got this really nice poker table uh, for Christmas, and we played some Texas Hold'em, and it was it was <laughs> it was wild, man. You know, you know. Usually, usually we try to play a few board games here and there, but this was. Uh, we wanted to play Texas Hold'em, and uh, it, it kind of took us a little time to figure out. You had to, you had to figure because we were going to do a buy-in, ten dollars each, and then you get X number of chips that are not really connected to the ten dollars. Everyone gets the same amount of chips, and then it's an elimination game, right? So we're playing no no limit Hold'em, and uh, it was it was it was kind of brutal, man. I didn't do very well. 
it's it, it, very different playing in person than playing on the computer. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, my my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, won the first round. She like couldn't lose. She she was just uh, sort of dominating, and, 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 and she was every turn of the cards was was like in her favor. It was amazing. Then the next game, my wife Denise, uh, she went all in on the first hand, right? And uh, meanwhile, I had gotten a, a straight. I had something like I had I had a two three in my hand, and there was a four five six, uh, 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 in, in the in the in the you know the common cards, the five common cards. I'm like, how is she going all in? I have a straight. I have two three and four five six is on the table. I'm like, listen. Is she bluffing? What is go- I, I have to go all in, too. I have to. And she had 7-8 in her hand. She had the higher straight, and she won, and I was knocked out the first round. It was wild. Listen, it's poker. What do you want? I didn't have to go all in. I could have just, you know, I, I, I could have folded and, and lived to fight another day, but uh, no. But yeah, that was that was really nice. So then the thing is, <clears throat> my wife's birthday is the day after Christmas, December 26th. So this always, this always, so then we have another get together. So we actually had people over our house here last night, the twenty sixth, and um, so we I had to go back up to Ridgewood to freaking vegan to get more food. Right? It was it was like uh, so it was almost completely vegan last night, and um, yeah, like I had to go on this mission by myself up to Ridgewood, and uh, yeah, Ridgewood is this town um, up. Uh, this is sort of, it's weird because New Jersey is, New Jersey where I live, the state here in the United States on the East Coast is, I think by what they say, by far the most densely populated state of the, of the Union. And especially this Northern New Jersey, it's just patchwork of, of different towns. Um, and it's just, there's such variety of towns and roads and things. And up there, so it's sort of like, there's this Route 21, which then turns into Route 20. And then there's a river, and then there's Fairlawn, and then there's like Hawthorne, which is a cool little. There's these cool little towns up there. Hawthorne's a really cool little town. They have um, there's like a an escape room we went to. There's vegan restaurants, and there's this incredible arcade, Billy's Midway, up there that I went to recently, fairly recently, a few months ago. Um, <clears throat> but then Ridgewood is a town that's a little further up, but it's not. It's kind of not near any major road. It's sort of just sort of tucked in to this, this little enclave by itself. So. I don't think I'd ever been to Ridgewood. We only went there because of this freaking vegan, this incredible vegan restaurant. This guy, we've kind of gotten another guy that runs it, this guy, Kurt. Because um, <clears throat> my wife used to order every day because <clears throat> the delivery range where she where she worked in uh, Emerson, they could deliver at Emerson, but they could never deliver here to Nutley. It was too far. But recently, for some reason, on Uber Eats, I think it may be because some drivers have agreed to uh, a, a longer range to deliver things to get more work. Um, they've been delivering. It's 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 amazing. Now, of course, buying things on Uber Eats is not cheap. It's a quite an indulgence. But uh, so th- th- it's like there's no good way to get there. It's uh, it's all kind of well. I guess I'm just trying to think. The uh, no, it's all all involving this Route 20, right? Which kind of seems to you you're you're on a, a highway and then you kind of kind of have to go on the streets of kind of a not a great area because. The thing is, in that in in that <clears throat> area, there's a uh, there's this huge city called Patterson, New Jersey, that has the worst reputation. It is just a, a ugly, 
a crime-ridden, like crime-ridden hellhole. I'm probably, but the thing is, I know there's aspects of it. There's there's a beautiful waterfall. There's a statue of Lou Costello from Abbott and Costello who grew up there. Um, it's just that it has the most awful reputation as being a really really bad area. It seems like no matter where you go there, you kind of touch the edges of it, and it, it feels a little like. It's just weird in New Jersey. It's, again, it's this patchwork of of like good and bad towns, you know. Like Hawthorne is beautiful little town, and uh, it's but it's very geographically close to to Patterson up there. So yeah, like you go on twenty on twenty, and these roads seem like they must. It's they're very sort of unpleasant roads. There's all these curves, and then you have to be in, you have to be in the correct lane or else. You, you you veer off in, into the city streets and it's very unpredictable. It's very frustrating driving up there. <laughs> uh, and there's all sorts of construction going on and everything. It's it's just wild. But eventually you get to this point. I did memorize the way to go. You get to this point where Route 20 kind of runs out and you have to like, <clears throat> there's all these <coughs> areas we have to choose to go left or right. You just have to sort of memorize it. Yeah, but eventually you, uh, eventually you have to turn right. It, the highway runs out. You have to turn right onto this street called like Lincoln Boulevard or Lincoln Avenue or something, and then take that all the way up to uh, I forget the name of it, but you just turn right, and then it's just another like one minute down to uh, freaking vegan. Which this is one of those towns where parking is like a nightmare. And on one side of the street, there's this parking meter where you have to use an app on your phone to pay to park. On the other side, there's all these these parking meters. But meanwhile, there's a Whole Foods across the street, and you could technically park there. But there's all these signs. You can only park here if you're shopping at Whole Foods, yada, yada. But I usually do wind up going to Whole Foods anyway. Um, so I did park in the in the Whole Foods parking lot and went to went to freaking vegan. He wasn't quite done preparing everything. It was a big order. So I did go, I did go over to Whole Foods and grab, to grab a couple things. At least I can say, yes, I did go to Whole Foods to buy things. I, I, I am in the parking lot legitimately, you know. I don't know how much they they enforce that, but anyway, uh, yeah, there's towns like that where the parking is super difficult. It's super like driving is super cramped, and I don't know. It's kind of a, kind of like the town uh, Montclair near here, which is another. Uh, it's a nice town. They have a lot of great businesses, a lot of great restaurants, but again, parking and driving and is all very cramped and stressful. You know, Hawthorne's not quite as bad as that, but it, it, anyway, it's. It's interesting how there's this patchwork of the, all these distinct little towns in New Jersey. Yeah. So eventually I got my food and then I was going to go to the liquor store, uh, which is you know, the just Clifton Commons uh, Liquors, which is a good, good little liquor store. It used to be, it used to be the Blockbuster. <laughs> that exact space used to be Blockbuster Video. Now it's a liquor store. And, uh, you know, so it's just so you know, in New Jersey, the laws are such that any alcohol you want to buy, you have to buy at a liquor store. There's, you Normally in supermarkets, it has changed slightly, but normally you buy no alcohol in a supermarket whatsoever. There's a few supermarkets where they have made some sort of deal with the local governments to be able to sell alcohol in the store, like the Whole Foods and stuff up, uh, <coughs> up by Paramus, that whole area. Um, but normally if you want to buy beer, I know this sounds strange for people in other parts of the world, but you can only buy beer at liquor stores. In other parts of this country, you can go to a convenience store and buy beer, not in New Jersey, because it's just the, the way the laws are. And of course, we're, we also have the, I think we're the last state, or maybe the last 
realm on earth where you're not allowed to pump your own gas. You have to, it's all full service in New Jersey. Just a few of the fun little facts about New Jersey. Yes, yes. Anyway, I figured I would check Google Maps because from where I was, there is this other way of going uh, to Clifton Commons, which is pretty cool, going down Route 21. And then you get off on this river road going south. And then, like, you pass by this uh, Rutz Hut, which is this legendary uh, hot dog place, which, obviously, being vegan, there's not much for me there. And then I've always wanted to go across the street from Rutz Hut. There is a place called Ghost Hawk Brewing. It's like a it's like a beer a beer place. But like New Jersey, I think a lot like a lot of states, they they really breweries are allowed brew pubs, but they're not allowed to serve anything. But they can't. They, I don't think they're allowed to serve any food. Or any other alcohol, just the alcohol, they, just the beer they make there. It's like super restrictive laws, I guess. The thing is, in this country, after Prohibition ended, in the 30s, right, uh, every state then rushed to make their own a- alcohol-related laws, and it, they're all slightly different in every state. So what people do is they'll they'll go to Rutt's Hut and they'll get like like hot dogs and bring them over to the to the brew pub and and drink the beer with the hot dogs. You're allowed to bring outside food in. They just can't serve their own food. It's a whole thing. I've been meaning to go there, so I was trying to see. But apparently, it's hard to. See. It's, it's like this weird industrial building with no signs or anything. But it's a brewery, very dreamlike. Anyway, yeah, it, and then you go. Eventually, you get to that road, which is like where I where I I know the road that goes up to the uh, Delawana train station there. Because in New Jersey, when you have uh, multiple train stations in one town, in this, take, in this case, the town of Clifton, there'll be one called Clifton. But then when you have another stop, they don't call it like Clifton 2. It's too confusing. They name it after the road that it's on, so Delawana Avenue. So this is the Delawana station. But anyway, the back way, uh, going past um, what is the remnant of the military contractor, ITT, it's now called Harris, I believe. Um, that's where all of the weird alien conspiracies come from because they're saying ITT and Nutley was involved with all of these weird underground alien tunnels and experiments and time chronovisor experiments, all this weird stuff. So like, so like when you go to like the Target or the, the Clifton Commons uh, liquor store, it's like on land that used to be this campus of this military contractor where they theoretically were doing weird alien stuff. I don't know. Yeah, so I, and I also need to get some ice for we have a cooler called the a cooler on wheels called the Entertainer. So that's we, we have all the drinks in there for people at, at our various get, gatherings. So I figured, all right, I'll get some ice at the liquor store, and uh, yeah, they were all out of ice. So then I had to go to Seven Eleven to get ice, and I, and by the time I got home, everyone was already there. <laughs> like the party had already started without me. But yeah, it was a, it was a really nice uh, party last night. You know, and our neighbors come out, came over for Christmas Eve and for De- uh, and Denise's party. Yeah, we actually uh, the actually Christmas Eve, uh, everyone else left but our neighbors Fab and Sarah, who uh, they're the ones we went to their wedding in Italy. Uh, they stayed behind and we played some games and we played uh, Suro, the game of paths. T S U R O. I'd heard of that game and I never played it before. That's a great game. It's basically where you have these tiles that have paths on them, and you have a little piece, and uh, you have to try to uh, place the tile so your piece doesn't zoom off the edge, and the last uh, person standing is a winner. That's a really good game. 
Then we also played Blockus, a game that I, I know, I thought we used to have it, B-L-O-K-U-S. It's a game where there's like these Tetris-like pieces. I think it's actually the full set of polyominoes that, uh, if that's the right word for it, from one through five squares, every possible <coughs> um, polyomino. Um, and so you have to place them on the board and try not to run out of uh, places to go. Then we also played uh, Hanabi, H-A-N-A-B-I, which is uh, Japanese, well, based on Japanese fireworks. It's kind of a cool game. You, you, you hold the cards in your hand, but you hold them the opposite way, so you can't see your cards, but everyone else can see your cards. It's one of those kind of games, and everyone's trying to work together to put on this uh, fireworks show. It was kind of cool, because like, there's a lot of games, if you have a large group of people, these most of the, the, the better board games, you, you only go up to four or five players, right? And then you have the more the big party games where any number of people can play. But yeah, then last night we also played some games with them. We played, uh, and we were like really I, towards the end of that. I was like so tired. I, you know, what do we play? Oh, yeah, we played one game of Blockers, and we also played um, uh, uh, a Splendor S P L E N D O U R Splendor, which we've played before. It's a, sort of the the genre of engine building. That's a really good game. I have it on the computer as well. So we've been playing games, having all sorts of fun. But now it's the next morning, and right now upstairs there is so many dishes. The dishes are out of control upstairs. I really got to get a load going. And uh, and now, what time is it? We have to leave at nine because I have to drive my wife to a bunch of different appointments. It's eight now, so I, yeah. I think uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna uh, continue this. Well, I'm gonna keep going for a little while, but then I'm gonna continue it uh, like I did uh, one time. I'm just gonna sit in the car while she's in physical therapy because you know my wife broke her shoulder few months ago she used to go to physical therapy i think i'll continue the show in the car yeah anyway so what is this rung tape what is the idea of the rung the rung tape uh <clears throat> so i was just thinking about uh a title for you know this episode and for some reason i thought of this episode uh huge pattern uh, which was the Overnight Escape 1606, a huge pattern uh, from uh, June 11th, 2019, a few years ago now. And I remembered huge pattern was an anagram, but I didn't remember what it was an anagram of. I put it in the anagram program, but huge, like somehow there's a millions of, tons of uh, uh, of different anagrams you can make from that. So I actually listened to the episode. It's actually a pretty good episode. I was listening... It's weird when I start, I start, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm like, yeah, I, this show is good. The Overnight game is good. I was listening to myself from like four years ago, more than four years ago. And uh, I'm like, yeah, this is good. But uh, yeah, it's so it's a, it's an anagram of turn the page, right? Which, um, you know, it's a phrase which means sort of go on to the next chapter of things. And of course, there's this, there's a, several songs called turn the page. At least uh, the one I know the best is by Rush. And of course, I was singing it on there. No one can survive in a vacuum. No one can exist all alone. We pretend things only happen to strangers. We all got problems of our own. It's just the age. It's just the stage. We disengage. We turn the page, thinking down the river to going. Yeah. By the way, the best version of that song is on A Show of Hands, the live album. 
And in fact, I think there was a, a live video that went along with the show of hands. This is like late 80s. If you can find that on YouTube, the uh, show of hands version of uh, Turn the Page. There's something about that. That to me is like peak Rush. You know, Rush is such a great band. There's also a Bob Seger. Is it Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band? I'm not as familiar with, but they have a song called Turn the Page about the rigors of touring, which it seems most most bands eventually have a song about the rigors of touring. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was interesting. Huge pattern is an anagram of turn the page. It sort of doesn't sound like it could be, but it is actually. So before I found out what it actually was, I, I looked, when I was looking for the anagrams, I found another anagram, which was the rung tape. T-H-E space R-U-N-G space T-A-P-E. The rung tape. Which is another anagram of, of huge pattern and turn the page. And it's, it instantly brought to mind like this idea that there's this particular tape um, <clears throat> that is like really sort of infamous or like hard to find or whatever. And I'm like, oh, what could the rung tape be? I, w- I want to actually create the rung tape. And I had been thinking of... Uh, Doing something like, you know, my old poetry project uh, called, uh, eventually it was called White Chalk Revival, but also Think Fang. I'm like, I could just have the computer voice read all these poems and then split it up and do it randomly. I started working on it, but I realized I don't really have any good text source. I have it, I have it, the text of all the poems, but the line breaks are all screwed up and it's, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So I, I, I had another brainstorm, which was, uh, uh, before I started, in fact, yeah, so my project before this show, The Overnightscape, which started over 20 years ago in 2003, so my project prior to that was called Obliviana, Super Occult Amusement. And I did a weekly e-zine, though many times it wasn't weekly, weekly called Osoa Week. So I know I'm, I'm, anagra- I'm acronym crazy. Anagrams and acronyms, yes. So, uh, you know, like here, ONSUG is the Overnightscape Underground. It's sort of an acronym, semi-acronym. So OSOA is just Obliviana Super Occult Amusement, OSOA. <laughs> so ONSUG, OSOA. It's kind of interesting because this, you know, I do feel that as from, from a my own personal perspective, I think this has been a very successful project, the Overnightscape. It's been going over 20 years. I enjoy doing it. I know some people enjoy listening to it. But yeah, that previous project would sort of set the stage uh, for the Overnightscape was this uh, most text-based easing, and that, that went from uh, 94 to 2003. Interestingly, it was pretty much just, I ended it like a month before the Overnightscape started, and I think it was because I ended that project, which was, it never really, it was always something that was very much, how do you describe it? It was a project that I wanted to make exist, but I could never really manifest it. Um, but I do think that doing so much writing uh, <clears throat> did develop, uh, uh, you know, language skills for me. I don't know exactly how to put this into words that made doing the overnight escape that much better, right? So when when you're writing, you're you're thinking of something and writing it down. And then when I'm doing these monologue shows, I'm not reading off a piece of paper right now. I'm just talking. You're doing the same thing as when you're writing, but you're just saying it out loud, right? So that's so I think that it was an essential, very important um, 
right, precursor to the overnightscape. But it can be very cringeworthy at times as well, reading my old e-zine, and um, I had sort of said, I was, I think now that I can look at it in context that it, it was clearly, I was clearly delusional at some point, but it was just, uh, this project was something that, and I think you see a lot of people with projects like this, it was it was something that helped me contextualize or write the narrative of my life that even if everything else was going to hell in a handbasket, at least I had this project, you know, and uh, though it never really, it never really developed into anything real, right? But it, but I did a lot of things, like I did a lot of fiction writing, a lot of poetry, re- item reviews, and just, you know, um, you know, talking about things in my life and everything, so... I, I looked for the tech source of that. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll take all of us so we can <clears throat> have the computer voice read it and chop it up. And like the first 270 issues are sort of each on its own web page. So I'd had, I was like starting copying and pasting. I'm like, yeah, no, no. But then I realized that how I had it uh, set up was that, um, do I have it written down here? I thought I wrote, I thought I had it. Uh, Starting with issue 271 on October 6th, 1999, there were just five or six pages that contained all the rest of the episodes. I'm like, all right, I'll do this. This is easy to copy and paste. So issue 271, again, as I said, October 6th, 1999, up to the last issue, which was issue 446 on February 16th, 2003. And then, of course, the Overnightscape started on less than a month later on March 13th. 2003. So, uh, I, I fed that into, I use this program called Balabolka. It's a, uh, text to speech program. And I have that British woman, uh, Bridget that, that, that I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I forget where I got that one, but that reads everything in sort of a British accent. And, uh, so I had her read the whole thing. It wound up being like seven hours long or something. So I split that up. I figured I wanted to have 209 segments because 209 is my big number. And I th- I figured I would just play it on the other side of this show, special other side, which is just the rung tape. So I'm actually creating the rung tape. But didn't PQ have – PQ had something like one of PQ River's friends created some sort of tape and he played it. It was oh, – I forget the name of it, but it was that kind of thing sort of like, oh, this is the rung tape. <laughs> that in the past people would have to like dub on a cassette to give people – so I <laughs> I did that. I split it up into 12-second segments. I'd kind of forgotten that I I had it set up to fade in and fade out, like, for four seconds. Uh, so so when I split it into 12-second segments, it was like uh, 5,000 files. Then I put it in. I used AIMP Portable, and I threw it in there and randomized it. Took 209 segments and threw them in, and uh, that's how we get to the rung tape. Um. And so it has a lot of fade ins and fade outs. Actually, I've only, like I said, I only heard like the first twelve minutes of it, but it's pretty wild. It does feel like worthy of the, of the moniker, the rung tape. It's like, um, <coughs> um, and I felt like I I did want like a bed of music under it because of all the fading in and fading out, and so I so I just took the um, just the, it's just the first. 40-something minutes of, of the Leisure Cassette System, which I released a few months ago. 500 songs I released. That actually slid right under the radar, but it's kind of a cool project. I've used it for a few things now. Um, 
yeah, so I've been listening to it, and it's like this. It's like you're hearing the uh, uh, sort of like my deep thoughts inside my mind, and it's like wild. It's just really the way it fades in and out with the music behind it. Yeah, it's it, 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 and there's some stuff like I, you know, like in my poetry and in my writing, I, there, things could be kind of uh, like explicit and weird, like sexual things and lots of things about like self-confidence. At one point, I'm like, am I having a nervous breakdown? And so I haven't heard the whole thing yet. You'll hear it because it's going to be the other side of this episode. But uh, I'm going to listen to the whole thing before I release it. But the rung tape, man. Now, it's only called the rung tape because it's an anagram of those other things, but it kind of makes sense. I think, uh, you know, rung, in not in, not so much in terms of like, oh, I rung the bell. They rung the bell? No, that's more like they rang the bell. I would have rung the bell. Yeah. Is it like the past participle, whatever that means? It's a rung of a ladder, right? So the idea is, and I, when I looked up rung, the rung tape on um, on the internet, they do sell rung tape, but it's special uh, grip tape that you put on, on on the rungs of a ladder. So when you have a ladder, each of the steps is called a rung, right? And uh, so rung tape is this actual tape you just put on there. Interestingly, I had to do some things with tape right before I started recording here because if you know the saga of, of Mr. Vegas Champ the Cat, he constantly is trying to go into the walls here in the basement so I covered it up with tape and some cardboard, the opening in the wall by by the uh, the gas meter. And uh, I thought it was going to work, but I guess with, with it getting so cold now, the tape, this it actually fell off. So I'm so glad he didn't go into the wall yet. I think he just discovered it when I discovered it. So I I just roughly put some Gorilla Tape on the sides to, uh, to keep it closed. I, I don't even know if that's going to keep it closed. I hope the Gorilla Tape is more grippy, but... I had to find a long-term solution to this. Mr. Vegas cannot keep going in the walls and the ceilings of the basement. It's too dangerous. Like, if he gets stuck or something, there's no... What, are we going to have to smash up all the walls to get him out, you know? But anyway, I feel that the rung tape is actually very apt, if I may use the word apt. I'm always happy when I can use the word apt, A-P-T. Short for apartment as well, but it's very apropos to to use a French part of my French apropos because the rungs of a ladder so in fact that whole period of my life was like a rung that on the ladder of life that led me to the next level right so the rung tape actually makes sense even though it's just think of it turn the page you know oh it's time for a new era huge pattern there's all of these patterns everything is in, everything's connected man the rung tape, you know, the rungs of the ladder and listening to a tape of those earlier rungs of the ladder. Listen, it's all connected, okay? It all make all makes some kind of sense. Some kind of sense, don't you think? I think so. Jeez, I didn't even get to any of my movie reviews here. These movies, man, are like from, from, from the best to the worst. But uh, I think I have to pause now. I have to get ready to go because we're actually leaving in 45 minutes. And I will uh, pick this up in the car at the... Uh, at the physical therapy. We'll check it out. I'll see you in the car. All right, here we are in the car. <coughs> Listening to some Bell and Sebastian, the boy with the Arab strap. Oh, 
Yeah. Usually what I do uh, when I'm driving, you know, I have this uh, little flash drive with what's it, like 30,000 songs from I, I, I put together in 2002. And I'll go random till I find a, a group or a band or an album that I like, and then I'll I'll undo the random and then listen to the album. And this happened once before, several months ago, where I randomly went hit into a Bell and Sebastian song. And I, I've known of the band. I had heard the name. And um, it's just so good. Um, and it's not the genre, the twee pop, indie pop genre that I normally would like. But this Bell and Sebastian is so is so great. So uh, yesterday I was listening to them all driving around and uh, really, really, really enjoying it. Um, what a great band. And uh, I'm glad that I finally, finally am giving them some attention. Anyway, yeah, we're here in, uh, what town is this? We were just in Maywood. Yeah, we, we drove up. We went to the doctors first, you know, for the, the surgeon. And so Denise is doing well. She's pre- her, her recovery is progressing. It's in Maywood, of course. Maywood. How could you mention Maywood without uh, mentioning that? Right across the street from the doctor's office is uh, the only factory in the United States that is allowed to make cocaine you know, for um, for the flavoring of Coca-Cola. So they receive coca leaves. They actually make cocaine. And as a part of that, they're creating an extract that's a flavoring for Coca-Cola. But they do have a lot of cocaine left over, which they sell to the pharmaceutical industry. It's all overseen by the federal government, the Drug Enforcement Administration, et cetera. And, it, and it's because of Coca-Cola, I guess back when uh, cocaine was made illegal, when it, whatever year that was, like 1920-something, I don't know. They, uh, yeah, they got, they got the special waiver from the federal government only specifically for Coca-Cola. So that's right across the highway from the, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so um, now we're here in New Milford, as opposed to West Milford, at the physical therapy place. So, yeah, I was uh, I was thinking about like you know looking at the show art I made, and it is weirdly <laughs> connected to the themes of today's episode, the rung tape and stuff. Where, where, where's that? Yeah, and I will say that there's, even though this is an anagram, there was also there's that guy. That we play some mu- me and Shambles and uh, have been playing some music from this guy Charles Goff, and his uh, his project is called Taped Rugs. So this is Rung Tape. <laughs> I've, I have emailed back and forth with him a few times, and I said, "Is it a uh, taped T A P E D space R U G S taped rugs?" But if you just shift the let the, the one letter over, it's tape drugs, right? And one of my failed projects was uh, Obliviana Wander Radio, the magical audio drug. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so th- the show art you see here, where it says the overnight escape, the rung tape, that's typeset in Zeitgeist, by the way. Um, this is actually a picture of my shower curtain. So what happens, I took a shower the other day, and I looked at the way the water droplets were kind of making a pattern. It almost looked like writing. It looked like glyphs, uh, letters or something. Uh, so I, when after the shower, I ran to get my phone. I took a picture of it. And, uh, yeah, then this is uh, some Photoshop processing to kind of get it to this weird pink and green coloration. Um, yeah, but I thought it looked kind of cool, you know. Um, 
but it was sort of di- all these things were kind of disconnected. You know, I, I I don't know why I thought of huge pattern and came up with the wrong tape, and then the shower curtain because it's a sa- a shower curtain does relate to this time period. I was rather amazed when I did this research. I remembered, you know, I have I had this project called Superior, had a bunch of different names, Duskaway Parking, Wide Chalk, Think Fang. There's all these little poems, most of which are not particularly good, but there's some good stuff in there. Um, and I remembered that I ended one era of these uh, 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 poems with the term Sour Curtain. And it was kind of... Uh, obviously kind of rhymes with shower curtain, but it's a sour curtain. It's sort of like you're moving to the next phase, but there's a certain sourness to, to the feeling of uh, of what you're doing. Um, luckily, this sour curtain, I think it's because I was moving on to the next stage and I felt kind of sour toward I had spent decade plus working on a project that didn't really work. And interestingly... The last three uh, Hurricaners, which, uh, you know, they're, they're each phase, phase four was Hurricaner, phase five was uh, Think Fang, and then phase six, it was phase six, that's Wychok. Anyway, I was thinking about continuing it, but listen, let's not, it is what it is at this point. Um, so I'm going to read you the last three Hurricaners. Hurricaner 79, this is uh, February 24th, 2003, very significant date, right, because this is actually a few weeks before I started the overnight scape. And it's the overall superior number 1,101. I'll read it to you right here. It says, The end of a Soa week and the end of the vision of Obliviana. And superior may be ending too. Childish obsession with an impossible goal went on way too long. A cult of one with me as leader and follower. Now I deprogram myself and see superior in a new light. I know there's some good stuff in Superior, but I don't think it's as good as my deluded view of it. See, I used the word deluded again. And here's a Hurricaner 80 from the same day. I am offering you the Modenark Reptile. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, what is a Modenark Reptile? I have no idea. But I was reading the intro to this version of, of it. I put together, I forget when, but uh, talking about the made-up words I used and stuff. I am offering you the Modenark Reptile. Great. You want to give me a Modenark Reptile? What are, what are you talking about? And finally, Hurricaner 81, which was the last one. This could be the last superior. It all started at 170 Thompson Street, my apartment in Greenwich Village, back in fall 1987. I went there today, walked into the entrance area. Sour Curtain. And that was like the end. So sour, I didn't realize this exact time period, the wrong time period, in it, this phrase sour curtain. And then I took a picture of a shower curtain. This is all very, this, it, I mean, this could be operating, I mean, on, on several levels. It could be just my own subconscious mind, or it could be patterns of reality, you know, synchronicities and things. But as you can see, this was uh February 2003, I did continue this project in Think Fang in uh, June 2004. So, anyway, I thought that was interesting. The thing is, I I couldn't find that. I didn't remember where the Sour Curtain was, so I 
I was sitting on my phone in the waiting room of the doctor's office. I downloaded the PDF of the uh, of the book, the phone book, and it couldn't search. So I, I, I went in the uh, Google Play to find an app that could search a PDF. And every single one I downloaded failed for some reason. Like it's, it didn't have the search function or you had to sign up. I'm like, I just want to search. I just want to do one search on one PDF. <coughs> Finally, I just scrolled through it and found it. It was, it was so annoying. Anyway, I wanted to mention this uh, windshield conundrum we have here in this car. At some point in the past few weeks, right, we noticed... I can't see it now because it's raining. And maybe it washed it away. I don't know if it's on the inside or the outside, but we noticed... You know when... Uh, like, we're having this issue, I guess because of the weather, where the, the windshield fogs up, and then you got to turn on the, the front uh, defroster, which blasts air at the window. Um, and... Right, and then sometimes when you're driving at night, uh, if the window's kind of dirty, whatever you see. So what we saw is, starting a few weeks ago, and weirdly, uh, you know, like to to the lower left and lower right, as I'm looking from the driver's seat here, it looks like someone had drawn like a perfect circle, about four inches across. Can I see it at all here? I mean, I'm I'm right here. I don't know. Um, and and had like tick marks all around it, almost like a clock. And then there was one on the right side, too. Like, what the hell is that? And Again, I didn't take a picture of it. I don't, I don't know. I, I, hopefully it's still... So, obviously, when you go somewhere and you park, right, someone could go over to your car and with their finger, like, draw this detailed circle with these tick marks. And is there someone doing that? I mean, that's, I guess, the most obvious explanation. If it's on the outside, I couldn't tell if it was on the outside or the inside. If it's on the inside, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I didn't do it. My wife didn't do it. I don't know who would have done it. But it seemed almost too perfect, and it almost seems like maybe someone had like a like sort of a rubber mold or stamp they could put on. But what would be the purpose of that? It's a real conundrum. And again, if I see it again, I'll take a picture of it. But we, my wife and I were both like, "What the hell is that? Who? How could that have gotten there?" But I guess, yeah, I guess people. I guess that'd be a thing to do, fairly harmless, to go up to people's cars and draw these intricate patterns on their windshields that are kind of dirty and to make them wonder, how, where did that come from? I didn't recognize it as any sort of further symbolism. I forget what was in the middle. Yeah, I don't see it at all there. Yeah, Maybe it got washed away with all the rain. Anyway, that's our uh, windshield conundrum. So yeah, as, as, I, as I mentioned at the start, I did see uh, the new Doctor Who episode on Christmas Day. Uh, the Church on Ruby Road was the episode. It was the first full episode featuring the 15th Doctor, uh, played by Shudi Gatwa, and his new companion, Ruby Sunday, played by Millie Someone. So, for those of you that don't know Doctor Who, most of you, a lot of people don't, you have to understand... I got into this show back in the 80s when it was, it's from Britain. So I, when they started showing it on American television, it was like nothing we had ever seen before. Everyone I knew, we got so into Doctor Who. It was the Tom Baker era, Peter Davidson era, you know, Colin Baker, the, that kind of time period. They, they would show some John Pertwee stuff, the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth Doctors. The show was amazing back then. And uh, then it went off the air around 88-ish, and then it came back for a TV movie in the mid-90s, and then it was off the air again, and then it came back around 2005 for what they call New Who. And um, it's been... A, I mean, I was very happy it came back because I'm such a huge fan. 
and um, it's been a real mixed bag. It's it's got had ups and downs, and more recently it's been downs. The character of the Doctor is a uh, Time Lord, or now they are continuing with the Timeless Child storyline. So I think Doctor is the Doctor is still a Time Lord. It's just yeah, not a, not necessarily a true Gallifreyan. But anyway, spoilers, no spoilers, darling. And I think we may be getting some River Song stuff back. Uh, yeah, with uh, Mrs. Flood. River, Amy Pond, River Song, Mrs. Flood. Yikes. Anyway, um, the show has really had its ups and downs, and I do think that one of the most essential things to the show is the casting of the Doctor. The Doctor is a very specific character, now actually thousand, a couple thousand years old maybe, and um, has gone through all sorts of terrible things and wonderful things. So the, the character has to kind of... The actor portraying the character has to sort of embody the Doctor... I think the casting was great, up until Peter Capaldi, who was not terrible casting, but was perhaps not quite right for the Doctor. Everyone before, like Matt Smith, for example, was perfect for the Doctor. He just had that inborn thing. Um, Peter Capaldi was um, not ideal. And then, of course, the writing on the show started getting horrible, really bad. And I would sit and watch these episodes, and my wife would be like, why are you still watching? I'm like, I have to watch it. It's the Doctor. Uh, so then, uh, the next thirteenth <laughs> Doctor was um, played by Jodie Whittaker. So first, not the first female Doctor, but um, the first main. Ca- I mean, obviously the red, the Fugitive Doctor was a woman, and yeah. But anyway, uh, she was miscast, in my opinion, fully miscast. She was not born to play the Doctor. She does not have Doc. She is not like the Doctor. In fact, the show she was on. A few years ago, Broadchurch, one of her co-stars, Olivia Coleman, I think would have made a brilliant doctor. Uh, but Jodie Whittaker had an uphill battle because she just was not, she didn't really embody the doctor at all. That, coupled with the showrunner Chris Chibnall really not getting the doctor, in my opinion, and the writing being atrocious, and it's been a, a struggle, and I've seen every episode, and it's just been horrible. So... When we heard that Russell T. Davies, who started New Who in 2005, was coming back, and we found out the new doctor is this guy, Shudigatwa. Again, not the first uh, black doctor. Actually, the Fugitive Doctor is also black. Um, Shudigatwa, who I didn't know about. There's a show called Sex Education I never saw. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, yes, this guy was born to play the doctor. Finally, we're back to uh, someone that's well cast as a doctor. I, I had not seen him really in motion. I only saw pictures of him, but I could tell he's well-suited to be the Doctor. And um, so we had these four specials, this, this sort of drawn-out process. Now it's on Disney+, Plus, which I do have Disney+. Plus. Uh, I have so many. I don't even know how many streaming services and how much money I'm wasting on them. But anyway, uh, they had four specials, I guess this month, really, or was it last month? They brought back David Tennant, the 10th Doctor, as the 14th Doctor. I, I know this must sound awfully tiresome to people that aren't into the show. But... Because I love the show so much, it's I don't mind. I don't even know what to tell people if they want to get into the show. I don't know. I would say watch the old watch some Tom Baker episodes with Sarah Jane as his companion, just to start with. But I know a lot of people started with New Who. I don't know. Anyway, the whole thing with the Tenth Doctor and Donna and whatever, just resolving that whole thing. It doesn't really feel necessary. And then the the third special. They do the bi-generation where both Doctors are existing, the 14th and the 15th. 
fine, whatever. The episodes were actually getting better and better as they were going on. So one was not great. Two was okay. Three was better. And now this one that just aired on Christmas was the uh, the first. Now we're fully in 15th Doctor. And I will say it was really good. The, the 15th Doctor is brilliant. Uh, completely very different type of a per- personality for the Doctor. But it feels very, very uh, true to the Doctor. This Doctor is more joyous and more celebratory. Dancing in a dance club, wearing a kilt, and um, uh, but still very essentially the Doctor. That's the thing that I care about the most is that the character is embodies the Doctor correctly. And I feel like, again, Shudi Gatwa and Russell T. Davies are bringing a very different aspect of the Doctor, but it still feels completely from the entire you know 60-year run of the show. Uh, this feels completely authentic. And uh, Ruby Sunday as a new companion, again, uh, she's <coughs> very well cast, brilliant. And the episode, I know I mentioned there's this whole thing about eating babies and with these goblins, which is very disturbing, weird Illuminati stuff, but it was only part of the whole episode. And I think overall it was a great start. Now I have to wait till May <laughs> for another episode. But it was a great start to, to this this next phase of Doctor Who. And it felt better, much better than it had been in years. So I have real high hopes because I'm going to have to watch every episode at this point. I have high hopes that it's going to, um, you know, be a better se- a season than we've had in recent history. And like I said, they, <clears throat> the Timeless Child where the Doctor is actually, spo- spoiler alert, from another dimension and was uh, adopted by the Time Lords, and actually the regeneration uh, ability came from the Doctor, from this other dimension. There was great speculation as if uh, Davies was going to um, ignore or write out the Timeless Child, but he did not. He, he's, uh, you know, <laughs> I mentioned it several times. The Doctor says, I just found out I was adopted too, you know, so... They're going with it. It's part of Who Canon. Though, of course, Who Canon is... Uh, sometimes they've said there is no canon. It's just a fairy tale, yada, yada. But obviously, I care about Doctor Who a lot. Maybe more than, than most people. <laughs> well, I know most, a lot of people have never even heard of it. So, I don't know. But yeah, that line. Who is he now when he's at home? <laughs> As I mentioned at the beginning. Who's this Susan when she's at home? Yeah. I kind of hear that. Can I look, let me bring it up on my phone? Let me see if I can find it here. It only take a minute. Here, yeah, here's the scene. I'm afraid I don't understand. Oh my God, he's a natural. Well, I did tell the pop to send us real ones. We well, ought to know by now. The phone is a much easier to handle. Still, he's a good type. We'd like you to give us your opinion on some clothes for teenagers. Oh, by all means, I'd be quite prepared yeah, for that, that eventuality. eventuality. Well, not your real opinion, naturally. It'll be written out and you'll learn it. Can you read? Of course I can. I mean lines, Ducky. Can you handle lines? Well, I'll have a bash. Good. Give him whatever it is they drink. Uh, Coca-Rama? Uh, well, at least he's polite. With cocaine flavoring made in New Jersey. Now, you'll like these. You'll really dig them, that cab and all the other pimply hyperboles. 
seem dead in them. The dead grotty. Grotty? Yeah, grotesque. Make a note of that word and give it to Susan. It's a made-up word for the movie. Here's this kid trying to give me his utterly valueless opinion when I know for a fact that within a month he'll be suffering from a violent inferiority complex and loss of status because he isn't wearing one of these nasty things. Of course, they're grotty, you wretched nit. That's why they were designed, but that's what you'll want. I won't. You can be replaced, cheeky baby. I don't care. That pose is out too, Sammy Jim. The new thing is to care passionately and be right-wing. Anyway, if you don't cooperate, you won't beat Susan. And who's this Susan when she's at home? Yeah. Only Susan Candy, our resident teenager. You'll have to love her. She's your symbol. Oh, you mean that posh bird who gets everything wrong? I beg your pardon. Oh, yeah, the lads frequently sit round the television and watch her for a giggle. In fact, once we all sat down and wrote these letters saying how gear she was and all that rubbish. She's a trendsetter. It's her profession. She's a drag, a well-known drag. We turn the sound down on her and say rude things. Get him out of here. Have I said something you missed? Get him out of here. <coughs> the programmed image. Sorry about the shirt. Get him out! You don't think he's a new phenomenon, do you? You mean an early clue to the new direction? Where's the calendar? Oh, no, 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 it's all right. He's just a troublemaker. The change isn't due for three weeks yet. All the same, make a note not to extend Susan's contract. Let's not take any unnecessary chances. Hmm? Hmm? Amazing. I don't know. That movie just gets... Every time I watch it, it just gets better and better. Truly a massive phenomenon, that movie. How would how was it so good when their other movies were not quite as good? Even though earlier this year I did reconsider Magical Mystery Tour and uh, much better than I had remembered. But Help still, yeah, not not so great, not so great. <coughs> anyway, um, <coughs> yeah. So uh, as I mentioned on a recent episode, I've been getting into Blake Edward movies. I know I know for a while I was into uh, Michael Caine. Uh, but for some reason, I thought of S.O.B., the movie uh, from 81, which I reviewed recently on the show, that uh, Blake Edwards, who's the director, and his is married to Julie Andrews, who played Mary Poppins, and she was, what's her name, and The Sound of Music, The Hills Are Alive, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, S.O.B. St- uh, stands for Standard Operating Bullshit. Most people think it just means son of a bitch, but... Um, I remember seeing it, and I just remembered all I remembered was that Julie Andrews like goes topless. You see her breasts, you know. Uh, but I decided to rewatch it, and it is fantastic. And I, I have to watch it again. Such a good movie. There's so much going on, and it's just that Blake Edwards and his work has been, I think, unfairly sort of consigned to the dustbin of history. Uh, you don't ever hear anyone talking about Blake Edwards or his movies. As I know that he had a troubled relationship with Hollywood and the film industry, and his movies were not considered high art. They were considered kind of, um, you know, uh, trash in some ways. And, of course, he's most famously known for the the Pink Panther series, which he created. Um, So I thought S.O.B. was really brilliant and amazing, and there was so much going on in there. So many subplots, it actually uh, reminded me of in some ways, of, of Thomas Pynchon, um, you know, the author, the postmodern author, with all of the weird subplots and characters and things going on, uh, I really appreciated it. So I decided to go back to uh, some of his other movies, 
starting with The Great Race, which uh, this movie is from 65 and is uh, in in the vein of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. In fact, there's uh, two actors that are also in Mad, Mad World. It was Peter Falk and uh, Dorothy Provine, I think, were also in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. This is about a round, an around-the-world race in 1908. And somehow when we were kids, we were so into The Great Race. We had the soundtrack album. My mother must have gotten it before we were born. And uh, we used to listen to it all the time. And then occasionally it would come on television and we watched it. We absolutely loved it. This is before home video or anything on demand. Um, and I think The Great Race, uh, which stars uh, Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis, and Natalie Wood. What a, what a cast. Apparently, you know, I never saw Some Like It Hot. I should see that with Marilyn Monroe. I guess, I guess Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis were in that as well. Um, and there's so many other stars in the movie. Peter Falk as well as, you know, the assistant to uh, Professor Fate. Uh, the movie, I think, I hadn't seen it in years, in a long time. It is utterly brilliant. It is amazing. And I just, it's all the more fascinating because it's so forgotten, ignored, and maligned as a movie. And it was sort of never respected as a movie. Um, I even <coughs> watched some contemporary reviews on YouTube and people kind of, younger people, kind of not getting it and kind of not liking it. But for me, this movie is, again, because I, I liked it a lot when I was a kid, um, absolutely brilliant. And I'm really getting to be like, wow, this Blake Edwards guy, there's a lot going on. <coughs> um, never mind the fact that this movie inspired Wacky Races, the cartoon, with Dick Dastardly and Muttley, who were obviously Professor Fate and, and, and Max. Peter Perfect was uh, the great Leslie, and of course Penelope Pitstop was uh, <coughs> Miss Dubois, um, the Natalie Wood character. It's so weird. Like I, you know, obviously this was Natalie Wood at the height of her. She's so good in the movie as this sort of a fe- an early feminist reporter character. So I had to, I had to look into her murder. It does sound like she was murdered by Robert Robert Wagner, who she was married to at one point, and Christopher Walken were on this boat she was found dead in the water with bruises and she was like beaten up and then thrown overboard so and it, this was never solved as a crime and recently they they reopened the investigation I guess Robert Wagner I don't even know if this guy's still alive was a person of interest um, really bizarre stuff um, <clears throat> anyway She's great in the movie. And, of course, so it's sort of like the great Leslie is this sort of Mr. Perfect guy. When he smiles, his teeth sparkle. And uh, he has this assistant guy, Hezekiah. It's like this bald, like, <laughs> sort of looks like the with the big mustache, with like the typical, like, 1800s strongman kind of character. And so he's he's like a stuntman. He does all these stunts and escape tricks and stuff. And then his, his nemesis is Dr. Fate, played by Jack Lemmon. And his assistant is is Max, played by Peter Falk. And so uh, everything he does is black, and he creates all these weird vehicles and machines and things. And uh, he always tries to do, like, tries to one-up the great Leslie and tries to uh, interfere with Leslie's performances. But, of course, it all backfires in very slapstick, silent film kind of slapstick ways. They always, him and Max always screw up. But I think this especially, this uh, this type of humor uh, is something that, was of of an earlier time and something that was when I was a child in the 1970s was still much more prevalent so it really sunk into me the slapstick 
sight gags and and that kind of stuff and it, and I think it's it's a kind of a narrative language that if you didn't grow up with it it feels just kind of puzzling it just feels just kind of stupid what this guy's supposed to be a scientist but he keeps screwing up so badly like like when when Max when the race starts and actually I think that the pod race scene in Phantom Menace is also certainly inspired by this uh, Max has has sabotaged all the other cars He's like, car number two, the wheels fall off. Great, Max. Car number three will explode. Great. Car number four. And he's like, car number five, the engine falls out. Ha <laughs> ha, that's great, Max. Wait a minute. We're car number five. <laughs> you know, that kind of, so that sort of is a typical gag with, with Professor Fate. Um, and uh, I, I, just, I just think, to me, Professor Fate and Max are the obviously the center of the movie. Uh, I even found a great uh, T-shirt of Professor Fate, which is uh, done after the whatever that where that poster with o- Obama was running for president. It said "Hope" at the bottom. It's in the same kind of scheme, and it says "Fate." You know, uh, I, and so I really think like the the enjoyment of the movie is going to really hinge on your your view of that kind of uh, humor and that kind of storytelling and that kind of narrative, which and you can tell Blake Edwards had a very specific vision for it. Um. As you can, as in the the whole Pink Panther series, obviously a lot of slapstick sight gags and things like that. <clears throat> um, but the Great Race is much more than that. It does, it 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 has all of these subplots and themes and things going on that give it that pinch on esque quality, right? There's and by the way, Vivian Vance is in it from uh, I Love Lucy. You know, sometimes on the on the other side, I play the. Uh, Hollywood's Mysteries and Scandals, Vivian Vance, the number one second banana in TV history. And apparently there's all this all this weird stuff with her, like she had mental illness and she would like she was afraid she would lose her mind and all this wild stuff. But anyway, she's in it as the newspaper guy's uh, wife. Um But anyway, uh yeah, so there's the whole thing in New York with the newspaper and the women's suffrage suffrage movement, and there's the race itself, and then there's this there's a western scene uh, uh, in this western town then they're then they're in like Siberia then there's this whole thing in this uh, fictional country by Austria called Potsdorf where there's a prisoner of Zenda type of thing going on where the prince looks exactly like Dr. Fade and it's just there's so much going on it's a long movie it's like two and a half hours and apparently I, the copy I watched was not the the, ver- the apparently the, the blu-ray they put out has this kind of like 2001 A Space Odyssey it has um what would you say? Like a, uh, it has the the opening uh, overture where they just the word overture is on the screen and they play the various musical themes you're going to hear in the movie. And apparently there's an intermission at, in the middle, just like with 2001. I like that idea of this grand scale of a movie having all these different uh, aspects. Um, <clears throat> so I thought it was brilliant. I'm so happy I rewatched it. So the thing is, as kids, we were obsessed with Dr. Fate because he had the, the Hannibal 8, which was his car, that had all these different features, had a smoke screen, had a cannon, could rise up. Um, he also made like a submarine and uh, a thing on rails and a, and a, and a sound homing uh, bomb. And the thing is, there were never any products. I would at least have thought that uh, Corgi or Dinky would have made a little car scale mo- model cars of, of the great race. I mean, they made Chitty Chitty Bang Bang for God's sakes and all the James Bond cars and stuff. We had that. We had Chitty, ba- Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and 
the Lotus Esprit from uh, Spy Who Loves Me and all that stuff. Zero. There's zero products licensed from this movie. Nothing. A few people kitbashed or created versions of these cars uh, from scratch, but no products whatsoever and no revival. I was just like, you know, like, you know how these companies make revivals of action figures of old movies and stuff? There's zero. The Great Race has nothing. There is no interest. There is no uh, pop culture impact. There's nothing. Okay? Zero. That makes it all the more fascinating that there is zero... So if you look online, what's available are, you know, like the posters, the lobby cards, signed pictures. There's no other kind of products, which is really mind-boggling. Something about the movie just landed at the wrong time or the audience wasn't ready for it. Or I don't know what the hell happened with this movie, but I think it's a brilliant movie. I really want to get the, you know, the high-res Blu-ray version. Um, <clears throat> fantastic. It has, you know, this famous pie fight scene, which is the longest, most elaborate pie fight ever. Uh, in a movie, and uh, yeah, o- overall, and w- another, there was one other product I saw on, uh, on on eBay, which was back a long time ago. You could get a, a, an LP, right? Remember, and this was before eight tracks and cassettes, but you could buy reel to reel tapes. You you could there was a tape player in a ha- in your house that was, um, that would do uh, reel to reel. And they have that for the Great Race sealed. It was like one fifty, though. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy that. But anyway, that was like high end audio back then. So anyway, the Great Race uh, truly exceeded my memories of it, and and really, really amazing movie. And uh, you know, I, I said that I subscribe to too many streaming services. Well, the Great Race is not on any of them. Zero. And it's. Uh, I think on some of them you could buy or rent it. But anyway, I, I found it on, I think, on Vimeo. I don't think that's a legitimate streaming service. I don't know what the hell it is. Normally, if you watch it, there's a commercial every 15 seconds. But I have a plug-in that stops that. Stops those shenanigans. So anyway, I was able to watch it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, I don't know how people... I don't know if I can... I'm just telling you how I like the movie. I think it's brilliant. It's an epic. It's It has all these subplots interwoven, all this stuff going on. Very similar to SOB in some ways. Brilliant. And I, you know, so I, I'm like, listen, I got to watch all this guy's movies, I, at least a lot of them. Um, so the next one I wanted to watch was called The Party from, uh, was that from 68, I think? Let me, let me check my notes. So this is the only movie. So this movie, The Party, right, from 1968, so three years after The Great Race. Uh, stars uh, Peter Sellers, who, of course, played Cluso in all of the Pink Panther... Well, not all the Pink Panther movies. Obviously, there were other Clusos, including... Because I... In my Blake Edwards research, I did start watching the original Pink Panther. I just got to, like, ten minutes into it. Apparently, there's a sequel called The Shot in the Dark. And then there's a third movie called Inspector Clouseau starring Alan Arkin that... And and Blake Edwards was not, was not involved, and apparently this movie vanished without a trace. Um, and then, of course, it came back years later in the seventies, a very successful string. And then there was Son of the Pink Panther, and then there was one with Steve Martin in the in the two thousands. I don't know. Anyway, we loved those movies when we, when we were growing up. But anyway, this movie, The Party, is the only is the only movie which uh, collaboration between Peter Sellers and Blake Edwards that was not Inspector Clouseau in the Pink Panther. So there's one thing about this movie that will offend today's sensibilities, but 
uh, which is that Peter Sellers, who is white, is playing a character who's from India. He plays Harundi V. Bakshi, right? So he's wearing the brown makeup and stuff, and he's doing the Indian accent. And uh, I know that will horrify a lot of people, and I understand that wouldn't fly today, uh, but it is... If you watch the movie, you can see it is a, a wonderful character, and it doesn't seem to be... It's not done with any disrespect, and it's not uh, making fun. It's hard to describe. I'm, I would certainly defend uh, that aspect of it, that it's not... You shouldn't have a knee-jerk reaction to it, because I watched this movie, and, you know, I never saw the whole movie. About a couple years ago, I watched, like, the first 10 minutes of it, and then I don't know what happened. I don't know why I didn't watch the whole thing. I have to say, this this movie, The Party, is probably the funniest movie I've ever seen because I'm watching this movie on my computer, and my wife's in in the you know, in the bedroom. And it's like later at night, and I'm like, I'm laughing so much. She's like, "Are you okay?" And at one point, I start choking. I'm laughing. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I I couldn't I couldn't even breathe. It was I was laughing so hard. I had to stop. I had to stop the movie for a few minutes just to calm down. It was that funny. Uh, I, I was not expecting that. And beyond it being funny, it's a really, again, it's a really good movie with all these interesting subplots and things going on. Um, so the premise is Hurundi Bakshi is uh, is an actor, and he's in this sort of a Gunga Din-like movie, right? It wasn't Gunga Din about this heroic Indian guy that... Anyway, he's filming, they're filming the movie, and this guy's very, Hurundi's very accident-prone and he winds up blowing up this uh, <laughs> this whole castle, and the film wasn't going. So the director calls the head of the the studio and was like, "Listen, this one of our one of the actors ruined everything." He's like, "What's like, what's this guy's name?" Harundi Vibakshi. So he writes it down. He's like, "He'll never work in this town again." <laughs> he gets up, and then as he's leaving, the secretary is like, "Oh, wh- where's the guest list for your party?" Oh, it's on the table, and it, and so that has the guy's name at the bottom. So he's invited to this party, this fancy Hollywood party, and this. Really, the, I, the the mansion itself, the house is so, it has this river running through it. It has, like the house itself is almost like a character in the movie. Um, so Horundi goes to the party and he is like totally out of his depth. He's out of his element. And uh, <coughs> um, it is just <coughs> one thing after another, a brilliant psychic. I think the part <coughs> that got me the most was the bathroom scene. <laughs> <laughs> where the toilet is running <laughs> and he's trying to fix it <laughs> whatever you just have to see it um, but there's sort of a love story subplot and then uh, the film producer's son or daughter comes in with an ele- like a baby elephant and they're like hippies and the whole house is filled with soap suds it's, this whole, it's amazing it's an amazing movie um, and this movie is I think more well regarded there's a lot of positive statements about it online and people love it. In fact, my neighbor, Brad, um, he was very familiar with the movie. He's like, Birdie Num Num. I'm like, yes, Birdie Num Num. Yes. <laughs> like that scene where he doesn't realize he's talking over the intercom. Birdie Num Num. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is fantastic. I, I mean, I can't believe I've sort of been, I like everyone else, been ignoring this Blake Edwards oeuvre, if I may use that word, part of my French. But, um, yeah. Uh, wow. What an absolutely amazing movie. I think my brother had seen it in the past couple of years as well. <coughs> um, really. And and as people pointed out, super experimental, very atypical, very weird as a movie. Just not a typical movie. Um, then one of the other subplots is the drunk waiter guy. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's the Western star guy. 
Um, there's so much stuff going on. Like the scene where he tries to shoot the you know, those little plunger guns. Do they still have those guns with the little plungers in them? They used to always be in movies. It's a little gun that shoots a plunger at the wall. Do they still have that? I don't know. But anyway, he shoots a guy in the forehead and then he runs away. <laughs> and I don't know. Again, again, it's it's a type of humor that's the sight gags and stuff that like all the cartoons used to use it and it used to be sort of such a such a well-known thing and it's just that sort of uh, it's surreal at some level cuz like that would never happen in the real world. Um, and I think if people hadn't haven't been exposed to it, feel kind of uh, are, are are kind of turned off by it. In fact, I'm trying to remember, it was in the past year or two that Rob Zombie version of the Munsters that came out had so much of that kind of humor in it, and it feels like people that movie, the critics and the and the fans savaged that movie; they hated it. But meanwhile, it had that same sensibility that I'm talking about. Of the sight gags and 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 the sort of silly humorous narrative that I really dug, and I you know what I mean, and I uh, and I guess Rob Zombie, who's around my age, kind of digs that too. I thought that movie was really incredible the way it, the way it handled that, brought back that type of narrative, or that <clears throat> I, don't, I don't even I don't really have the right words to use for a narrative, a storytelling device, a humor device, whatever. <clears throat> so yeah, the party and both those movies are. Unbelievable! They're so good. Great Race and uh, The Party. And um, <coughs> as I said, I started with started on the original Pink Panther, which I think is before that, if it's 62 or 63. I'm not sure. I only, I'm only i only about 10 minutes into it. I will certainly continue that. In his uh, filmography, I did see this movie City Heat uh, from 1984, uh, starring uh, Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood. Uh Sounds like a great pairing. Apparently, it's the only time they teamed up like that. And Burt Reynolds, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I I, I don't know if that's going to be another thing I'm going to revisit all of his movies. I think I saw, what was that, Gator? Was that one of his movies, Gator? I don't know. But, you know, by the time of, uh, anytime he worked with Dom DeLuise, like on Cannonball Run or some of these, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, I don't know if, but anyway, they had the blooper reels in the end. And you could tell these guys, they were so successful that they were living in this bubble and they were they would just put all these bloopers at the end that amused them. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, this movie City Heat is not Blake Edwards is not involved. It was a script that he wrote in the seventies. Someone got a hold of, and he had nothing to do with it. In fact, he changed his name in the writing credits to Sam O. Brown. S O B standard operating bullshit, you know. Um and the movie is I tried watching it. I watched the, like the first fifteen minutes. It's atrocious. In fact, I was watching uh, Siskel and Ebert's uh, uh, "The Dogs of '84," the worst movies of 1984, and that was that was at the top. City Heat. I wanted to like it, but there was maybe I'll keep watching it. I don't know. But again, it's not really Blake Edwards is not really involved. It was an old script of his that <coughs> his wife Julie Andrews said was uh, really good. I don't know what happened with it. Anyway. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. I got a little. Every everyone's been getting sick. Not COVID, but everyone has like a cold at all these parties. I've I've, I've been around so many people the past the three days. So <coughs> anyway, but yeah. So uh, yeah, still I still haven't heard all of the uh, the rung tape 
<laughs> that does sound like something, the rung tape. Um, but there was an amazing Radio Shack synchronicity. Because on the rung tape, which is, again, the computer voice reading the text of that e-zine that I did, as I mentioned earlier, there's one section where I talk about going to Radio Shack and talking to the guy at Radio Shack. And literally, like, a few minutes later, my wife in the other room was watching uh, Young Sheldon on Netflix or whatever. Now, listen, I have to say, I have never been a fan of Big Bang Theory. I've never seen it until she started watching. I never saw Young Sheldon. And it's kind of weird. because It's just so weird because, like, um, the nerdy Star Trek Dungeons & Dragons, like, uh, super intelligent kind of thing, like, I don't know. Like I know that's something I would be into because I'm sort of like that, but I but not exactly. Um, but it just that show never appealed to me in any way. I don't know. Uh, but seeing bits and pieces of Young Sheldon, it does seem to be, it does seem to be a quite a good show, you know. Because it's not a sitcom; it's more of like a it doesn't have a laugh track, right? <clears throat> it's more like the Wonder Years kind of thing. It's it's uh, whatever the guy who plays the adult. Sheldon in Big Bang Theory, which again, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of that, narrates it as this kid who's like super intelligent in a, in a family in Texas that are kind of dumb. <laughs> His family's dumb, but he's smart, you know, fish out of water, whatever. Anyway, so I just listened to the part where I'm talking about going to Radio Shack, and then a few minutes later, I hear from the other room, Do you want to go to Radio Shack? He's like, Of course I want to go to Radio Shack. Like, what the hell? I've been having so many synchronicities lately. It's wild. But that that was a good one. There's a lot more synchronicities that have been going on. I don't know if I can remember all of them, but yeah. It's been a lot. Oh, I wanted to mention this intersection incident. Um, yeah, it was Christmas night. Um, yeah, we went over to Basking Ridge, as I mentioned. And I had I drove because my father-in-law was sick, so he didn't go. And uh, so we drove them back to to their house, and then we were going home from their house, which is about a f- five-minute drive. So we're at this intersection in Nutley, and uh, so I'm going right, so I'm in the right lane, and there's a person, it's a red light, and there's a person next to me going straight, and uh, the light's red, and of course we're waiting for it to turn green, it's no turn on red, you know. And um, all of a sudden, the person to the left of us, the light is still red, and they just start driving through the intersection. Meanwhile, there's a car coming the other way, and it was nearly this massive collision. We're like, what was this person thinking? And the light changed literally five seconds later. They could have been killed. It was like this car going pretty fast the other way because they had the green light. Like, who does that? What could possibly be the explanation for that? They were completely stopped. They just started going when the light was still red. Luckily... The timing was just right. The person coming the other way had time to break. Uh, uh, seeing this, it, it was a few seconds either way. It would have been a collision. And then what? It's Christmas night. We'd have to be witnesses. We'd have to stay there till the police got there. We'd have to go see if people were okay. What? Uh, uh, apply first aid. What are you supposed to do when you witness an accident like that and there's no one else around in the early moments of the? You know? You know what I mean? I have no idea. I'll never know what what was going through the person's mind to just start going. Unless there was, unless there were people like arguing in the car. Okay, I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> I have no idea, but that was that was the intersection uh, incident. <coughs> oh, there was another another synchronicity. Uh, before we played the other games last night, we played. Uh, we were sitting around and 
know, my sister-in-law Carrie, who I mentioned, you know, you've heard her a lot on the channel here. She was in Fuzzy Doppner, and we've interviewed her on the show and stuff. And anyway, she had a procedure, a medical procedure here in Jersey. She she lives in Texas, and so she's you know recovering from that. So we wanted to play a game, but we we were all sort of sitting around in the living room, so we didn't want something we had to do a table. So we had this game, Linky, L-I-N-K-E-E, exclamation part, exclamation point, which uh, on Amazon and stuff is one of the big new party game, Linky. So we tried playing it, uh, I think, uh, 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 when was this? A month or two back, and it didn't go over very well. People didn't like Linky. Um, but this time, it really worked, you know. Um, <coughs> it's a It's a good game. So basically... It's a very, very interesting concept. So basically, there's four questions with fairly simple answers. Um, so you read. So whoever's reading the questions, read the questions. But you're not supposed to yell at the answers because all four of the answers lead to the actual answer, right? And if no one gets it, there's a clue you can give. Like uh, <clears throat> one thing was like. Um, what region of the U.S. has, and they named the states, you know, like Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, something, okay, the Southwest, and or some of the other. Uh, what is uh, the fourth letter, or, or, or what is the letter D in the NATO phonetic alphabet? I'm like, okay, that's Delta. And there's a few other ones, and I'm like, you have to yell out, Linky Airlines, and I got that one, you know. So it's it's a game, it's a little different than other games. You have to kind of, <coughs> um, they have pads in there, but I don't. I didn't feel like I needed a pad. I'm, I was trying to, in, in my mind, keep the answers and try to figure... Sometimes it's very hard to figure out the connection, but afterwards you're like, oh, it's so obvious. So <laughs> one of the questions was, uh, and I actually didn't know the answer, it was about the, the Wacky Races, the cartoon uh, from Hanna-Barbera. What, what, what was the name of the nemesis of, of, of Penelope Pitstop? Uh, the hooded blank. What I don't even know. It was a hooded claw. Is that Dick Dastardly and Muttley's car? <coughs> but I'm like, wait, I was just talking about the great race and wacky races, and this comes up. <coughs> Another synchronicity. There's been so many synchronicities lately. It's indicative of some aspect of reality, don't you think? It, it could be. It could be. Yeah, then, then on uh, Christmas morning... You know, my mother-in-law was talking about the present she got, and she's got, got it at Boscov's. And she loves Boscov's, which is a department store that came to New Jersey in recent decades and started t- taking over the spaces of the many failed and defunct department stores, such as Lord & Taylor and or the other big ones that went out. A lot of them Sears, obviously, you know. So Boscov's have moved in, and they moved into the Woodbridge Center Mall, which was my mall growing up in the 80s. So they're kind of making fun of her for knowing all of these things about Boscov's, like the owners. and all. I'm like, wait a minute. I, The history of department stores is like one of my favorite things. I love hearing about this. But I was thinking about what was the store in my the height of the 80s mall experience that was there. So luckily, it, on, uh, on, on the, the Wikipedia article does have the information. It was Haynes. H-A-H-A-H-N-E-S or H-A-H-N-E apostrophe S Haynes Department Store that was there there was also one called Orbox you know bef- you know that this is in the 80s so I re- I'm like Haynes yes I haven't thought about for that for years Haynes it's actually called Hain and Company but everyone called it Haynes um, and then when they left eventually Fortunoff moved in that was later and then Fortunoff went belly up and then 
Boss Cobb's moved in. But certainly very welcome mall and department store uh, history on Christmas morning. That was my Christmas present. Mall history stuff. Well, I got some. I got some good. I got some liquor. I'm easy to buy for. Just buy me a scotch or a, a, a mezcal, and I'm good. I'll be reviewing the ones I got on a future episode of the Overnightscape. And then we also get scratch off lottery tickets for Christmas. And my wife and I, we did really well. I think we won like fifty five dollars. Usually, people and these ticket these, these lottery tickets, the scratch off lotteries, a lot of them are five ten dollars each. People get a stack of them and get nothing. I I don't usually do any of that kind of gambling. I I don't know. I'm fascinated by it, but I realize it's, you know, you're probably going to lose money in the long run. But if it's fun, you're paying for the fun aspect, no matter what kind of gambling you do. But, yeah, we were talking about that, watching the sports at, at my in-law's house in Basking Ridge. Every other commercial is for is for sports betting, which apparently is now legal to do sports betting on the Internet in 30 out of the 50 states right now. And uh, I don't know. I've never been interested in that in the least, but um, it's just kind of shocking how big it's becoming. And I guess it's fun for people. I mean, I guess sitting and watching a football game, if you bet on it, it's going to make it that much more exciting. So maybe even if you're going to... And I know that uses the pari mutual system. And you know and you know if you won or lost because you're watching the game. So if you're playing like a slot machine on an online casino, you have no idea what they're doing with the odds behind the scenes. But if you if you bet on the game for someone to win with a certain point spread... You know if you win or lose, and if you get your money or not. So you, so it basically it takes that, you know, y- you know that they're not fiddling with the odds behind the scenes. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. I don't ever. I've never done it. I've never bet on a sports game. I don't find it interesting in the least. I don't. Fi- I don't generally find s- sports are not for me really. But obviously, there's so many people that have a problem, and it's just like I understand. You know, you're gonna ban it for everyone because the few people have a problem obviously there's a liquor store everywhere around here I love alcohol but I know there's people who destroyed their lives you know whatever so do you ban it they tried that as I mentioned prohibition it didn't really work so <clears throat> gambling I know there's people humans want to gamble but it's just shocking that every commercial is for gambling uh, sports betting sites anyway but scratch off lottery tickets are kind of the same thing uh but what I found interesting, we had one called <laughs> the peppermint payout. And you scratch it off. And where does all that stuff go? When you scratch it, there's like that gray schmutz that goes all over the place. I, I guess every, I guess some of it must stay in the couch or whatever, but it's hopefully it's vacuumed up. You know that stuff I'm talking about, the little flakes for scratching it off? But now, of course, all you really have to do is scratch off the barcode, and then you can scan it on your phone if you have the app. <laughs> and you can, uh, you don't even have to try to play the game. Where it's like, here's your numbers, and here are the winning numbers, and if you get a candy cane icon, double your winnings. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you're always second-guessing yourself. Wait, like you know if it wins, oh, they, my number is 17, and here's a 17, and I won five bucks. But then if you didn't win, you're like, wait, did I did I miss it? Or So we scanned them all anyway with the app on the phone. But Anyway, what was interesting is I was doing the peppermint payout, scratching it off with a quarter. And uh turns out it, I started smelling peppermint. I'm like, wait a minute. These lottery tickets are scratch and sniff. I don't know. This has probably been going on for a while. But, yeah, apparently the lotteries have been doing this. As an added bonus, you can you can smell the lottery ticket. <laughs> so I, I read that in South Carolina they have barbecue-flavored lottery tickets. You scratch it off, you smell barbecue chicken or whatever. 
or barbecued beef? What would barbecue? What is the barbecue smell? But anyway, <coughs> I guess there must be companies that provide the technology for, like, what is that gray stuff they put on there that you can scratch off? There must be some factory where they have big vats of that stuff where they make it. What is it? They must apply it like ink in a printing press, right? Because then they do print graphics over it as well sometimes. <coughs> but where does that gray stuff come from? I'm sure there's a YouTube video about that. Where does the gray stuff on the lottery, uh, scratch-off lottery tickets come from? There's one company makes the gray stuff, yeah. But what is it? What is it made out of? What is the gray stuff made out of? Is it like silicon or is it fibers? Or I could look it up, but I think I'll just allow that to remain a mystery. There's only so many things you can look up. It's probably some sort of polymer. That's my guess. It's a polymer, it's a polymer uh, compound. What what is a polymer? I don't really know. <coughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, then we were over at our neighbor's house on uh, what day was? That? I think it was on Saturday, and they were watching Princess Bride on TV. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't think I ever saw this movie. It's one of those movies I feel really guilty about never seeing. Is what's the other one? There's a couple of them I've never. Some of those huge movies that I've. I think everyone has a few huge movies they haven't seen, but so we were watching. It was towards the end. It was Andre the Giant and uh, Robin Wright and those people. Everyone, I'm like, yeah, I never saw this. So, note to self, I do have to watch The Princess Bride at some point. In fact, I was uh, there's that action figure company called Super Seven, and that's the kind of company that would that could make like great race action figures, but I don't think they ever will because there's no call, there's no interest in it. Hope maybe it'll come back, but they had uh, Princess Bride action figures, of course. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's about it for now. Hopefully my wife will be done with her physical therapy soon. So I want to thank you so much for uh, patching in to this episode of The Overnightscape. Your listening is much appreciated by me. (coughs) Yes, I am Frank Edward Nora. This is The Overnightscape coming to you today from New Milford, New Jersey in in a parking lot. Of course, we're here at Onsug Radio. Of course, I didn't even really talk about it. I I have the book. I have the... I should have talked about this. I I have the proof of the new version of the book. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I have to proofread it a little bit, and then it will be released to the public, and you can buy a copy. Of course, it's set at the lowest possible price. Due to inflation, it's 15-something bucks, but please, please get it when it comes out. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's it's an improvement over the last version of the book in almost every way. So, yes, this project, Onsug Radio... Over 14,000 hours of content, over 11,000 episodes, dozens and dozens of different hosts. What an amazing history. And it's all it's all free. It's a non-commercial uh, project, and it's really meant to be listened to by people in the near and far future. And I think the cover I came up with really has is really distinctive and uh, will last the test of time. I think this is the cover. Anyway, uh, yeah, just go to onsug.com, O-N-S-U-G.com. You can get, well... I would say hold off at this point from getting the old version of the book. If you want to be completist, because the new versions will be out within a week or two. Um, and this is like a radio station inside a book. This is the vessel in which the shows live. Um, remember, Overnight Escape Central is coming back. And uh, <clears throat> the next uh, January 10th is your uh, your deadline. Here's Denise. We'll finish the spiel with, with her here. Uh Dave KY at mail.com. Ooh. And the topic, hey Denise, how was physical therapy? Good. Hello, people of the future. <laughs> We're just finishing up here. Um, 
Yeah, the next topic uh, is going to be monthly now over Nightscape Central is um, fast food, the occult, and other bad ideas. So, so oh rec- you going to record for that topic? Absolutely not. What? You don't have any thoughts on fast food, the occult, and other bad ideas? All my energy goes to supporting my husband and all his creative endeavors. I know, I know. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, so get your so record your segment. You can use your phone. It'll sound fine. Send it to DaveKY at mail.com. This is M-A-I-L.com, not Gmail, just mail.com. Ooh. Here's Bell and Sebastian. Did you pay for the rights for that? The boy with the Arab strap. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Onsug.com. And now, Denise, would you like to to, uh, take us to this place where we're going to be going next? Uh, And now it's... uh, On to the other side. You have millions upon millions of destination available by typing a URL. The issue of content management has been tackled by many websites. The whole portal thing. And then there are the... Cynthia Rantramp, Regal Night Brawling to Team Ruin, Scumlayer.net, Nif of Gasub, Song I Love You More Today Than Yesterday, Lose a Feeling Buying Yogurt, Apron Language, From OS, Halfable Graphics, Pelter, Bulbatype, Coding Seeds, 7, Little World of Race Tracks, Virtual World, 8, Storm Jaunting, Supernatural, So How Seven by Frank Edward Nora, Lord of Obliviana, Lord of Obliviana, Tuesday, September 26, 2011, 22 p.m. Oh, just found a weird typo in last is 19, 105, The Royal Mal, Radio Edit, 444, 106, The Bluff Cosm, 5 Minute Vacation from Sanity Number 3, 500, FONJO. This was the latest permutation of my game cult system. As you've read, I have decided to end this game cult project. I'll probably continue work on Fenjo in the future. You will go on magical mini trips called Storm Jaunts. You will activate your Think Fang. And wield the exciting mystical powers of the number 209. It's robust super booster pack setup. Well, I just want one kind of pack and I think I can achieve it with this new system. Each black envelope will have some kind of rules sheet that will not be a dash of deed. It'll just be... I want to get moving, but I am just a mess. My mind is all muddled and confused, and when I'm trying to figure things out, I just go in circles. So really, what's wrong with me? Am I having a nervous where I am now, which in terms of my creative work, is a good place. It has also gotten me to a point in my personal life where I am in a bad position vis-a-vis money and work and career. That I originally conceived of a line, but it can certainly be seen in this light. 16. These repeating patterns. An interesting way to end the superior. Again, the capitalization some drama mental techniques to soothe the pain of the stupid world the universality of bad poetry it's everywhere it all sounds the same some of superior is good though I so way weak but each issue will only contain superior review i figured i didn't want to screw up superior review you know so i'm gonna work on some of it now sun march 4th 2000 issue done. This issue should have been completed three and a half weeks ago. So I am still catching up. See, I was supposed to catch up in a matter of a week or two in the early part of September. But still, it's been tough mentally for me the last few weeks. Now, however, like I said, I'm getting comfortable with the new situation. And hey baby, ZOPE is back. I believe 
that this is a sound business model, and one that will work in the coming turmoil of the emerging DIS market and as well as my own DIS in Obliviana, I believe it will be an effective way for owners. Way week 063, 10-6-95 I remember being in my Jeep in the parking lot of my apartment in Plainsboro, New Jersey, and thinking about writing lyrics to a song. Now, about terminology. Obliviana refers to the whole 209-slash-storm jaunting thing. Also, or Obliviana Super Occult Amusement refers to the overall project, including everything. 72, 12-8-95 Wow, this one is pretty damn good and it is based on reality. Everything before honesty looks to be an accurate record of events. Working 173, September 22, 2001, Book 29, Number 9 slash Tarp 15673-Year 8, by Frank Edward Nora. Introduce some CPAW elements into Bluff Cosm in the near future. There is a void in entertainment. Old time radio died in the 1950s, and with it, the variety of audio only programming in my head over the years. The delicious swerve of infidelity, even better as a hint. This is very interesting. Talking about the pleasure in vague thoughts about sex and stuff. Cool. Reviewed February 10th. Are the inherent contradictions is all my fantasies and delusions finally collapsing under their own weight? Is it that Obliviana is crap and always has been, and it's my delusions that I've been keeping? Now, I was seeing Obliviana as a crashing plane, and I thought about what it would be like to just give up on it totally, at least for a time. That is, do no work at all on Obliviana for an extended January 1, 2197. Today is the first day of the new millennium. I have no job, no health insurance, and I have broken the spell of the childhood dream. I think that some forays should be completely made up of drinking in various entertainment productions. It is this top level that will make or break the system. Now, along with the top level is the archive. 349 here. First off, Reluda and Scrawls are totally made up names. There is some parallel here with. Okay, I was thinking it was a superior, but it is actually part one found demolished. I went to Bradley's and also Radio Shack, the only store still inside mall, its short area undemolished. And I talked a little to a Radio Shack guy about the destroyed the next phase of my sci-fi novel, or more likely series of novels, Severe Repair. My next goal in Bluff Cosm is to come up with some way of promoting it, a single idea that I can push for. The idea of people getting together online in an audio environment to debate and vote on things. Organize, build, argue, etc. 9. I think that the Bluff Cosm world will be like Tabra's book, The Nomad obtains a book and then proceeds to alter in many different ways, such as ripping pages out, adding new pages, writing notes on pages, and the String Cheese Incident. I've only heard a few songs by String Cheese Incident, then I ran across this CD at the used book cafe on Crosby Street, near where I work in NYC. I looked it up. The first wave of Bluff Cosm year two. I really want to start getting these waves out earlier in the month. But this one will likely be in the mid-twenties like most of the others. Next, the tapes. I get a Super 8mm camera and start making movies. Summer 1985. I borrow a video camera from a friend of my father's, and make a Doctor Who movie with my friends. I've been thinking of the idea of incorporating it into Bluff Cosm as an audiobook type thing. Airy Obliviana, I do intend to update Airy 
but I cannot say that I will do it this year, it's not a Ozawig, Isain of Obliviana, Issue 337, January 11, 2001, Book 26, Number 12 slash Tarp 14149 I'm gonna be doing three per issue. The first time there's been an odd number of superiors other than one in an issue. No new dashic deeds this week. Hopefully I'll do some more next week. 10pm. Okay, I have a few issues to resolve before Op 2 is solid. 1. In the existing Bluffcosm material, the endeavor is referred to as Bluffcosm.com, as in your listening to 6. Rave Jensen, cutest little movie star, just 19, here in my bed. It's like S&M, the eroticism of her being so much better than me, rich, famous, and I will be eating your pussy. From OSOA week 060. 9 slash 15 slash 95. This one is quite cringe inducing. Certainly one of the worst superiors of all time. Reviewed March Manhattan. The driving down the road thing is also based on real events. Me driving alone, thinking about things. Now the eggs. I don't recall if I really did observe this, but whether it's faith is just a part of the way I can justify the situation. Implicit in the faith issue is the idea that there is some force beyond my conscious self driving the development of Obliviana. This also absolved me of responsibility for audio entertainment to the world, then parlay it into a real radio SHOWSH. How does this fit into my plans for Obliviana? Does ABM have to be an aspect of Obliviana? Sound bites on users without their knowledge. D. One hallmark of the PAWCS experience is a reliable user interface. This means that the process cannot be marred by delays, parser inadequacy. It's like, I could get it in five minutes or five months or five years. It's quite frustrating, but I think that once I get it, it will have been worth all the effort. A really, really, really cool games in order to get people into it. The thing itself needs to be compelling enough for people to get hooked after one visit. That is, if the site is lame, people will try it once and never come back. 10.27 My subconscious mind wished to protect me from with all this defeatism. On the new website, I have two 196x196 pixel squares. One is for OSOA week, and has links to all this. Now I'm writing 274. My parents went to Turkey last month, and they got me a cool Mayor Sean pipe, which I just smoked for the first time. Mayor Shawm is quite excellent, you know? So, so TS33 is over half done. TS34 coming up. I think that I will now be focusing on TS34 is the first real release of Obliviana Super Occult Amusement. This is in about six has no camera in it. We are not going to be afraid of the speedboat, and the poster of the speedboat. Add some girls in bikinis and sell it for college dorm room display, along with faded eagle graphic. Plus MP3 downloads. If there were one stream in Bluff Cosm, it would be like a traditional radio station. The user experience is to tune in and listen. But there is still the issue of a different level of think that Trick Sojourn, shortened as Trick So is cool. Little challenges called Trick Sojourns. Trick Sojourn is a term that has been in Obliviana for a long time. I know that the most recent meaning was a 30. I can come up with a good set of eight subdivisions. 10.50 p.m. Okay. I was looking at some phonostagon glyphs. I think it would be a good idea for each OSS to have a phonostagon glyph. But the question duty calls, I cannot cry. It is a metallic Christmas memory here. Bird. Commend. Look to you for support. Just. Just hanging out. Talking. Fear of insanity. Going. Thank 
Edward Nora, Lord of Obliviana, Lord of Obliviana, Friday, August 18, 2009, 22pm. Hey hey, what's going on? Frank Edward Nora here, Lord of Obliviana, coming at 94 to the present. I was reading some OSOA weeks from 97 and 98 recently, and I myself was deeply confused by the writing. Surface O was something that I was apparently very concerned with radio show all about video games recorded at the March 2001 NAVA video game collectors meeting chock full of weirdness sick topics adult material and also 511/year 6 by Frank Edward Nora Lord of Obliviana Lord of Obliviana Thursday April 27 2001 p.m. I am doing this in the next superior 362 there was a strong smell of lemon cookies in the dimensional alley. Wow, that would be a good first line of a book. New York City in the rain. Nice cliché. And the plan conceived before I was incarnated here as Frank Edward Nora. In this case, I would have created the plan, and then I created the forces that would shape events to assure the desired outcome. But of course, three. Dusk Away Dusk Away 163 times July 27, 2001 10-13, forced into a scheme of action so imperfect, yet so aware of what it would be once have been a liver okay. Dusk Away 0051-1-00, Tivian, the share experience walls, like as telling dreams can't get it across and the specialness you connect to cool. The pressure of promotion was upon me. I did not feel like continuing on with constant production without any promotion. My main idea in the development process of June and July was to shift. I'm gonna have to adopt a different lifestyle for between three and five years to get out of debt. So I'm staring down the road at years of crap. I can't delude myself and be in denial about that. I can't have this damn delusion this point. Am I capable of doing what I have set out to do? Am I capable of being both the creator and the publisher of entertainment? Man, this is frustrating. Why should I feel so deadlocked? It's a epic that takes you on a deep trip. Boys for Peel is an album that rewards repeated listening with constant surprises and pleasures that weren't previously apparent. 5. Donald Fagan, Kamakuriad graphics for the bluffcosm.com homepage. They look like cards and they're awesome. I'll try and put up a graphic of what it looked like before, which was pretty lame. Yesterday I did a bluffcosm data spread. What else to write, after that? I guess I should review this superior. Well, this is an essay superior. It is like a mini essay and I think that it works pretty well in that capacity, and the conclusion... 940, Cuban cigar and light rail so far, this June 15th of the year 2000, a Thursday. And script is the challenge these days for me. I'd like to think that a lot of you reading this all that. No doubt about it. My quest for KIVO is over. Now I can focus on all the individual elements in Obliviana without needing to link them together in a unified way, which was at the heart. Maybe in the far future people will read and study all of OSOA week. Um, get all Obliviana. A Missinister Review. CD of the Week. Porcupine Tree, in absentia, 2002. Sets of information, as a basis for conversation, interaction, and perhaps friendly argument and factionalism. Dossiotypes and styles. Designation list. The Nomad uses a set of designations. Superior 402. Thor Panther clothing, your feminine side with a baseball bat and a bottle of whiskey. When the bra strap goes loose, you know you're into the tit experience. Either clock, 
June 7, 2000, Book 24, Number 7 Slash Tab 12847 Slash Year 6, by Frank Edward Nora, Lord of Obliviana. It's funny. Just today I was thinking about, how mental notes metamorphose into cacophony. All the little to dos, long past relevance, weighing you down. Reviewed September by Frank Edward Nora, Lord of Obliviana. Superior Review. Superior 330, Dotom. Dontad. ILMP. Fast. Am I going mask? These are ruinous. One to occupy in an agreeable, pleasing, or entertaining fashion. I think that I can say that the goal of Obliviana is to amuse people. In terms of 209, people are exploring the way week 052, 7-20-95. There has always been a connection between superior and severe repair. The superior sets forth a scenario that is very much like a severe them. I opened the theater and looking forward. Here's another reference to what I know about Superior 424, back home, dark and cold, college friend memories, projections accurate. Well, I think I'm in a position to help make CPAW into something great. That is, I am not merely an outside observer this time. I can be a part of the development of CP. Up the last issue of OSOA week, and now it looks like I'm gonna finish this one tonight as well. I'm very happy to be back working on OSOA week since I was away from it for well over a month, and it's with the first product available being a black envelope with all eight current Dashik deeds. Also, I plan on making a lot more new Dashik deeds. Hopefully another eight in the next week or two. The Obliviana website, and everyone is confused by it. People get the impression that I'm intending for Obliviana to be some kind of mud or something, and I have to admit to people that I don't really understand what Obliviana Universal grasp, Rumtund, can we ever, I am trying, nothing J, Marchuna Supiel, there yet, Yathri Dusk Trespassings, the glorious sting of the chill, it's like a symphony, 9 slash 11, kinda foreboding, now here I am, over 7 months later, back to dusk away, END, 372, Oza Wig, is Ein of Super Occult Amusement, Things are a little different, like in trying to figure the world out, after every session of sleep you have to reorient yourself, and thus we are kept more confused. Dusk away 120 times July, getting back into the spotlight a little. In my homepage redesign, I brought back an online fortune-telling game called Sithipa Pathways which debuted on January 1st, 99, but which I took offline internet, but they are not innovating in content or structure. Content is tied to the past. Slickly produced. In most cases dull and lifeless. Structure. Right now, a bit of a grey area as to where the live track should end and a mad begin. For example, if there's a feature where Mike and Frank talk about current events, should that be a mad unto itself, or should is it causal? Caramel? I pretend that this is me here, you have to see, I might really be somewhere else, my state of being is totally unfamiliar to man. Randolph? Maybe that was the time December 31st, New Year's Eve. If it is a leap year, this is what I used to call New Year's Eve Eve as a kid. Kind of like Christmas Eve Eve. December 23rd. Of course, if it's 1996, Obliviana is indeed online content. In the past, this was seen as a viable business model. You know, get an audience and sell banner ads. Well, in the year 2000, this business model has become funny. There might be some way to use peer-to-peer -peer networking, as in Napster, to 
reduce server strain. The technology of CA is advancing every day, to the point that a small, cheap Walkman weddings by far the lamest of all of Pennsylvania's show caves. And get this. You pay as you exit. If you're a connoisseur of truly fucked up places, you gotta check this place out. Superior. 2001, this would have been the first issue post 9-11. I talked all about it in the last issue, 371, from that time period. Okay, here we go. Superior was the in the past, pure ideas in the mind are always much more enjoyable to think about. When it comes to manifesting the ideas in reality, they become difficult. Right now, mind poison. Chances are, in a literary sense, her focus on the blender chaos life beyond her control. What I know about awesome. This was heavily edited. From OSOA week 070. Mostly unused tape. I went a long time not carrying my tape recorder with me, but with my recent focus on bringing Bluff Cosm back, I've been carrying it around more. And here, let me Snoopy, which would be a misspelling of I like Snoopy. Like stuff kids write down. You know? 15. I had this deer of the dawn. A nice line. I recall that the deer was not specifically a love interest. 7. Crime. 4724. 9. Train crap and blood number 8. Cartoons. 4730. 10. Biblin 8. Bonnie's Tarantula 5. The first series of superiors is from 1 to 728. The second series, Parking, is from 1 to 122. The first parking can be considered to be overall superior. 67, Dear Courtney, Part 1, 707, 68, Dear Courtney, Part 2, 827, 69, Dear Courtney, Part 3, World Trade Center was destroyed. I loved the World Trade Center and the area around it. For well over a decade I would regularly visit the WTC area and it held a special place in my heart. Over the past few of obedience to masters the need for a master very sad lot of fucks out there happy to fill the role and suck dry those who obey them dusk away 059 april 19 2909 show around the same time both kind of ended in a vaguely negative way the comedy show my writing and ideas for it were good in their own way but not really in sync with what it was all about and Bluff Cosm News. Sun June 11, 2010, 33pm. Okay, I guess I should present the contents of the Bluff Cosm page here, especially since I am in a lull in Bluff Cosm activity. But Monday radio show with Mike Massotto. We got kicked off the air and started ABM magazine. That summer I started Halfable Graphics, publishing mini comics. In the fall, we got our... 14. Montana. 1980 PT1. Summer 1980, 03, 11, Bluff Cosm ID 1, 4 slash 6 slash 00, 04, 12, 107, Train Crap and Blood Number 10, Seriousness, 57, 53, The Final Episode, Anger and Frustration, Christianity and Confrontation, and must hope you to the first LL survive, you have a mundane life, not here, but at most a day I'd like. So, the change is the deletion of a fortnight. I guess I thought that this last part was the radio only songs with added video. A TV station that is like a music radio station, playing these videos. All of these ideas were well established. Radio station, TV channel, rock pops, Viviana, a misinister review, movies, Fantasia 2000, intellectual hubris and banal celebrity introductions are two of the many factors that make Fantasia 2000 a disappointment. The whole 
7-6-95. The stuff referred to in this superior is all real except for Satan's ping. Damnation, ash, and cross-country deliveries is a cool sentence. Of course, also be recorded and possibly streamed. 14. Now, the content and the delivery methods are very much intertwined. But in Bluff Cosm I am conceiving of a wide variety of content. And times have changed. The whole dot-com thing has crashed. And yet the dot-com thing is continuing on. So I need a plan. Well, I do not think that the World Wide Web is the medium. ZOPETV is actually online now, though its official launch is not till Oblivion a day. July 27, 2000. Go a 3ed and check it out now. www. Unrestricted free copying of UDIS, so long as the files remain verbatim and they are not sold. Next, create a game environment in which DIS is a major element. Establish official. 1988. ABM grows into a real publishing project. The radio audio video aspect is very much de emphasized. 1989. Anything but Monday magazine gets published probably cover it, and my brother said that insurance always covers it if your vehicle gets blown up. Plus there was some sex stuff earlier in the dream. But for me at least sex stuff in dreams is always very, all that dangerous. And in the dream, the experience of gargling with gasoline was pretty realistic, with taste and smell and all that. Dream logic is fascinating. I mean, I am a thinking me in dreams. 77, Briac quality, come on, Briac quality, oh yeah, Hurricane 056 January 5th 2003 Superior 1078, the fences are soft and mashing, major spring, dusk overland 4 times 12 slash 30 slash 99, we seldom shades, pole ice shatterer called the pole stoat, the fake weathered look, dilt patsahorn, the re-echo, that is now, 9.08 pm, the idea I had last week, audio segments, Checklist Gammabird. Gotta move forward with this idea. To September 4, 2001. This is part of my problem. I have to define the parts to define the whole. But I have to define the whole to define the parts. Here. I. Phonoster slash 209. 2. Primitive little. 412. Wow. Just remember the inner peace. Yeah. Lust is candy. I don't want the abandoned playground. Or do I? Inner peace. Emotionlessness. No. It's about keeping my of course, Lamar the macho chemist. And might I venture to say that superior 311 is vastly superior to the band 311? It surely is. Superior as the previous idea had to do with a kind of virtual world. The new idea deals with audio content. This audio idea is something I've been working on for a long time, and the project's codename up till now has American landmark. How thorough. From OSOA week 062, 9-29-95. Um. This one is not very good. The sentence north nowhere but down. This much, I have no doubts about. Obliviana is crashing. The phase is over. Seven years. And eight years before that. So how many phases have there been? A sense of achievement and feel I can take a break. Then the break goes on too long. I have many suspended creative projects all around me. I would like to be able to unfreeze some of them and complete them. I realize, say to me, I am your lover powerful. Say to me, I wanna do you and your sister at the same time. From OSOA week 066, 10 slash 27 slash 95. This superior, blonde, blift, 
Superior Review Superior 363 What do you write when your girlfriend moves out? About the guilt at your feeling of freedom, or the mental anecdotes, of events completely think-fang based and some being more of a mix of things. But there is a clear division of stuff in Obliviana, both stuff that is existing and that I am planning to create. 3.50 p.m. Yes. 391, January 26, 2002, Book 31, Number 1 slash Tarb 16429 slash Year 8, by Frank Edward Nora. Down toward the bottom of Lord of Obliviana. So yeah, what's going on in Obliviana? It's the doldrums, man. I'm not too happy with the situation in Obliviana right now. I am behind on just street is becoming quite interesting. I'm getting more and more glimpses of the entertainment complexes that I assume will be mostly open by New Year's. The Broadway City Arcade is already open, and it's pretty mainstream.net. Mike Eatler, Missouri, 1918. Mobe at grid.net. Mason at medion.net. Mysterum dat. Wildnet dot dot Seventh, two thousand one. Superior three. Dusk away. Dusk away. One hundred sixty times. July twenty seventh, two thousand one. Ten ten. Trying to find a book in a bookstore. Maybe the answer is Obliviana Super Occult Amusement. Bluffcosm.com. You're listening to Obliviana Super Occult Amusements. Bluffcosm.com. Um. What am I gonna call it? And how am I gonna present it? Well, the call to Obliviana Super Occult Amusement. Yeah, yeah. Full circle, yet again. I just didn't like that way the radio sounded. And I also realized that to some extent, radio implies March 12th, 96.744 AM Amtrak Tarp 3560. I don't know why, but a phrase from Superior 236 keeps going through my head, as kind of a personal motto. Wasted half my life on a pointless quest. But maybe I should wait to see if this idea works out before I say that. So here's the idea. I have this domain and logo, thinkfang.com. It was originally 2000. I decided to give up on my quest for KIVO. I detailed this decision in OSOA week 325, the last issue before the skip 13 issues of book 26. Reading OSOA week updated June 11th, 2000. So, in Obliviana, I have reached a plateau of sorts. The Dashik stuff I talked about last issue is stuff that is at a very fanfare glyph. Each foray will have a colorful glyph to identify it. This glyph will appear on the printout itself. And the glyphs will also be available as JPEGs or GIFs online. And the Put it online? I don't think so. I know that a lot of the content on those sites was OSOA weak, severe repair, superior, etc. before area Obliviana, which brought all the writing to the direction. I decided that the word Obliviana would refer to the 209 slash storm jaunting thing, and that the supernatural practice of Obliviana would be my central focus. I came to this decision because of but I don't want it to become like an evil cult. But I think that I do need a powerful idea behind up too. I have to get people to care. And it just so happens that I do have a powerful idea in what I now call think The overly dramatic at the card game. From OSOA week 050. 7 slash 6 slash 95. Well, they can't all be winners. The yourself stuff isn't too bad. But in general. Combining cutting-edge content with an innovative supernatural system. Gotta check it out. Now, this is interesting. Combining entertainment with a supernatural. Hence, the name. Oblivion. 
happy to say that 1995 was less than 10 pounds lighter. Yeah, I weighed like 150 or even a little less in college. Now I'm like 235 to 240, and in 90 superior 50. Former rest for day one return, line a time in every foul killy. Of the one road I was along, say the way it is like a stroke shuran. The leap of the true control all with a half plan would be to completely drop the oblivion of Izdian and move forward with severe repair and bluff cosm and other individual elements of Obliviana. So, what could a third plan be? And do I want a lot of February 1986? I start the anything but Monday radio comedy show with my friend Mike Bassotto. We get kicked off the air. We publish a magazine version of ABM. Summer 1986. The Grey Londa Plutarch. The Grey Lont. Duskaway 0312-15-00. Not then she reacts, her little life marries, then she might wrestle a play. Viviana. 6.5 years later, and I am still true to my ambitions. As far as the superior itself, it starts off with more styled writing, and then goes into some observations. Did they think of the 10 years in their future? Box full of electronic games and a brief moment with a parrot in a pet store. Let's bring together the ride, paint right with the possible, and rest just a little. Challenge. 3.13 p.m. In terms of my confidence level, I think I am still stung from so many years of failure, and I am extremely reluctant to tell people who I've tried to get into a Viviana Back into the past, with the changed permutation, but with a trace of memory left from the other path. Ah, just musings. Anyway. What's up with the plan? Let's try and cosm.com slash Obliviana Super Occult Amusement homepage. It looks pretty cool. In other news, I am creating a new category for bluff tunes, as yet unnamed. For bluff tunes which is 359, June 14, 2001, Book 28, Number 8 slash Tarp 15073 slash Year 7, by Frank Edward Nora, Lord of Obliviana. So... So far this sounds a lot like Obliviana Phase 1. Well, I do want to have an element of involvement, but I do not want any kind of phonoster, registration, or anything like that. January 25, 2003 9.17pm Last few hours of TS-34. Let me catch up on OSOA week. Superior reviews and hurricane mass. Get all Obliviana. Superior. Pack has, and will have, a wide range of applications. Up till now. The main application of PAC has been information-based. Movie phone is a good example that has been around for a long time. Telephone. The vanished from the scene. What made them great is still there, but they have vanished nonetheless. I would like to be involved in the new classic video game thing, but that would be in the future. The new old-time radio. But I was not, and I am still not, very happy with that answer. I would ultimately rather not have to try and introduce people to 209, because it seems like it will be a lot of trouble, and it is not but superior as a part of it. 3. Zope, Comics Cartoon Series. 4. Bluff Cosm, Audio Entertainment. 5. Airport Meadow, Board Game, Other Games 2. Dual activities it contains. Dasic Deeds Deed. No. Too silly. Dashic Deeds is a very cool term. I don't want to ruin it. Scroll of Dashic Deeds, S-O-D-D. Um, I think so I won't discuss TV here. Except maybe to mention that some cable TV systems offer radio-like music broadcasting services. Now, let me talk about the content of audio.
greatest effort to be selfless revolves around how cool it is to be selfless and how awesome you are for being so. And for all your consciousness, you are with you. What is left? Not at all afraid. Spur of the moment. Which are checked off. And there will also be room to write dates and times and other things. And there will be the ultimate done to check off and date. Once a foray is done, it is gotten, and it goes into the player's phone oster. But whatever the reasons behind it being in the state it is in, the fact remains, Obliviana is not engaging, and it is fantastically confusing. Obliviana phase. Um. Predictions regarding problems in November and December were wrong. Today there was news of several terrorists being arrested. This could be viewed as a good thing or a bad thing, the bad thing being that there are potentially a lot of people about the new Obiviana. I don't have to tell them. Not that I'm gonna keep it a secret, but I don't need to push it onto the people that I know. 3.22pm. I just checked out the email I sent out. So much they have to take a donut break and joke about it, and a loser guy's there and he gets totally insane over it. How these people joked about having sex, when he'd do anything to just have it once. Horrible and pipe dreams and fantasies of wealth and fame, by the losers of the centuries, are beautiful things. END 359, Oza Wig, of Obliviana, 103 Year 7, by Frank Edward Nora, Lord of Obliviana. Superior Review, Superior 324, Gotta deliver silver confetti torrential rain to the horny pieces. 95 earlier and I can honestly say that I have grown a great deal as a person since then but I often wonder what would have happened if I had gotten the keystone idea back in 1995 or in 1991 looking backwards want to build something lasting that his followers the mistake of the cyber futurists their future got blown away in my future is the richly wonderful spring of computerized audio entertainment I'm cloudy must I'm not cloudy. Struggler, you always feel better when you conquer the mountain. I'm new to this. I am you. From OSOA week 075, 12 slash 20, Think Fang. This Think Fang's normal state is to be completely dormant. The whole idea of 209 is to stimulate your Think Fang so that it becomes active. 209 is a number which is but two factors. Child, like who is it? I look like a slacker, not a worker. But I make more than most of them. Now this part is a true observation of reality. I do look like a slacker, but I have a job and I make decent money. Checking out Obliviana for the first time to be exposed to OSOA week, because it. This. Is fucking confusing. It's my personal journal plus weird poetry. Yeah. That Obliviana can predominantly be presented in interactive audio. On a side note, I have an alternate acronym for PAWCS. The main one is Pure Audio Wireless Computing System. And the issues that seem pressing in one luck mood are not pressing in another. I remember maybe 10 years ago a talk radio host, it might have been Barry Farber, talk about this issue. I recall him. Of you was not so thrilled as you would be now to relive the thing. It is distance, I say, that makes this so inaccessibility, that it could be so many ways. Reality always disappoints. Superior 3, Dusk Away. Dusk Away 049 March 27, 2899, Dealt of the All, Carla Dungiotronic Morning. Create the subcultures. December 1st, 2001, Book 30, Number 6 slash Tarb 16093 slash Year 8, by Frank Edward Nora, Lord of Obliviana. Note, Superior Reviewer, Nora, 
Issue 289, February 9, 2000, Book 23, Number 3 slash Tarb 12133 slash Year 6, by Frank Edward Nora, reference to Atlas Shrugged Galt. Digital radio is defined as audio in the form of digital files that is delivered to an end user to listen to. The idea is that a digital transmission will send the files to a digital... 1981 slash Year 7 by Frank Edward Nora, Lord of Obliviana. Superior Review. Superior 333, Turined. A men's clothing shop in overly gloomy. Am I exaggerating? Hoping that the Murphy's Law element will kick in. That is, I act like I'm all dejected, and then something good happens, unexpectedly. Ah, I'm just getting dis next is usually easy to determine but corridor is also a bad thing because it insulates us from the wonderful freedom and adventure that we should be able to enjoy we are all trapped by corridor but in general i would like to see some major change and i think it's inevitable so as far as the dangers go we got the computer bug which will certainly cause a lot of problems but it's gets popular, that there may be an attempt to translate it into other languages, and that the translators would be fucked with all the nonsense and made-up words I use. I remember reading something about the stuff on the tapes besides the filming of the movie. You can hear more stuff from these tapes in Bluff 2 and 41, Making Polarized Worlds, Part 1, and also in Bluff 2 and 81. Creating by me, no one else involved, lots of it on the internet, though not seen much by other people. Just me, as the number one fan of my work. Safe little world, and one that I am finding it efficient every day. Maybe tens of thousands. So how do we do it? How do we make all these choices? Well, if we were dealing with total freedom, every second we would have to choose from literally millions of possible. Well, first of all, there is no official membership in ThinkFang. Rather, but how is ThinkFang itself promoted? It's promoted by Sat March 31st, 2001, 3:43. One might say past and future are our personal paradises, for sure. But the present can sometimes be nice. Dusk away 122 times July 25th, 2970. I decided to finally call it quits. Well, I didn't exactly quit. See, Obliviana never really worked. It never took off. I was seeking after what I called the Keystone idea. And all the girls at all the malls I've ever explored. Yesterday, I mused that if I write an autobiography, one chapter would definitely be called Malls. Say building in the distance, I remember my first homepage. Cool. Listen.com page. Still uncool. Gone. Destroyed. Whatever. Bluffcosm.com. The server is down. Great. In other news, me and my wife Dennis dream friend Shatterpike. Shatterpike daydreams, and the vixen if. Dusk away 114 times July 22, 2964, the masked and the striped long distance. 84, 885, and 886. I think I will add this number to Duskaways from now on. Superior 291. Beavis and Butthead are delightful. What are stuff in with the new system? I just read my writing above, from last Monday. Really confusing, meandering stuff. What is the deal with OSOA week? I think that to call it a blog is kind of... 1990 and 1 in 1991. The first phase is about the making of the Weird Highway video, with Beeblin being obsessed with Orangina. The second phase concerned his egg friend, Mr. Greg. 
and I have found that there's a good deal of stuff out there, but not much that's very good. Technology is very much a stumbling block right now. Quite simply, getting computerized audio over the internet building block. Sponsor Vin and Liver OK. E.N.D. Ozawick, Design of Obliviana, Issue 282, December 22, 99, Book 22, Number 9.